What star is that? It, 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 it's my own secret Peace to the planet Earth. You know what it is, Adisa Banjoko. This is uh, unbelievable. I am doing a show about the passing of uh, West Coast rap extraordinaire, martial artist, Tai Chi practitioner, community lover, Zumbi, also known as Steve from Zion Eye. Um, COVID is real. I, I'm not gonna name anybody in hip hop or politics or the black community or whatever, but I know there's a lot of different opinions about the vaccine. I don't know if my brother had the vaccine or not. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I am just gonna say that COVID is real. I have the vaccine, but I got it because I'm looking out for the elderly people in my community, specifically my parents. But, you know, I got aunties and, you know what I'm saying, uncles who, who need my help. And so I took the J&J vaccine. You know, um, I don't trust this government and I don't trust, um, <laughs> I don't trust these, these big pharma companies, man. I don't trust these entities, right? Right? I know the Tuskegee experiment is real. People need to look into that. When they look at how black people don't really check for the vaccine, they always leave that out. Okay. And so I understand why you have the vaccine if you have it and I respect it. And I understand why you don't have the vaccine and I respect it, but the disease is still real. I think on a federal city, state, and county level, everything you see around COVID is based off fear and not science. And everybody is too proud to tell you from the World Health Organization to, you know, CDC, nobody really understands the disease. And so all the policies are really just being made off the different bets around fear for any given region, right? We don't really understand this disease the way we should. That's why it's still here, right? And, um, you know, we just need to be safe, right? I mask up too, right? You know, I study stoicism and I think it was uh, Ryan Holiday's Daily Stoic uh, was talking about like how, you know, I think it was the Spartans, you know, they wear their shield up in battle and they can't drop it. If you drop your shield in Spartan society back in the day, you would be kicked out. And so Ryan Holiday was writing, well, why was it so much about the shield and not the sword or how much, why was it more about the shield than, than the helmet, right? And he said, because you wear your helmet to defend yourself from blows. You, you, you use your sword, right, to fight for the country, but you hold your shield up for the rest of your people. I don't wear a mask. I hate wearing a mask, but I wear a mask. to look out for other people. You know, 
um, the founder of Zaytuna College, one of the founders of Zaytuna College, Hamza Yusuf was talking one time about this idea. And I don't remember who the originator of the idea was, but he was talking about this idea of how in America, everybody talks about rights, but nobody talks about responsibilities. Yeah, you have a right not to wear the mask, but we have a responsibility to our elders, to our friends who are immunocompromised, right? To the newborns, you know what I'm saying? To the people who may be more vulnerable than we know. And so I hope, unless you have a medical reason to not get the vaccine, that you get it. And no, it's not a perfect thing. Yes, there might be horrible side effects. I'm already aware. You know what I'm saying? But how about the side effect of a young man dying early from this disease? Whether he had the vaccine or not, it's horrible. He's got sons that he loves. I talked to him for so many years and he's such a loving father. You know, he's such a loving father. He's such a dope MC, such a sincere human being. So you're gonna hear an interview that I did with him in 2015. I need to say some things. You know, Shock G's memorial, I think, is next weekend. You know, and Zumbi's already gone. We lost Biz. We lost Doom. Double K, Marky D, DMX. And I know I'm forgetting people right now, and that's how many people are passing right now. You know, I need you to understand, like, that I love this dude genuinely. And I told him that the last time I saw him. And, um, you know, we do heartbeat props on the show for a reason. Because you have to let people know that you love them while they're here. You know? Several years ago, uh, my marriage was on the rocks. And the, the first day that my ex-wife moved out, I was a shattered human being. And one of the first people to call me just to call was Zumbi. And he knew that I was in bad mental and spiritual shape. And he was like, I'm going to put you in contact with somebody who can help. My jujitsu instructor, Alan Gumby Marcus, did the same thing for me. But they got two different kinds of people for me. I'm grateful to them forever. And... um he put me in touch with an amazing woman named Tiffany. And um, Tiffany is, is a psychic. And Tiffany was able to tell me things that were mind blowing. And I got off the phone with her and I was like, that was cool. But she doesn't know me and she doesn't know my situation and whatever. 
within three months, everything she told me had actually come to pass. Everything. She wasn't near. You know, people talk about psychic and they're like, I see a, a man in a hat. My dad. Like, it wasn't like that. It was real. Specific things. You know, when I told him everything had happened initially, um, he got really sad on the phone. And I was like, what's up, man? And he was like, this is 2018. He was like, I just split with my lady too. You know, and as black men in that moment, we were both so vulnerable. And uh, we looked out for each other on a way higher level than we already had. And we were tight. So Tiffany gives me some really amazing advice and I take it. And my life starts to get better, you know, because of Tiffany, because the, 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 the increasing of my prayers, because of jujitsu, specifically working at Zaytuna and the UFC gym at the time. Because I took classes on Stoic philosophy with Donald Robertson, because I was in therapy. I had an amazing therapist, Suzanne Wang, rest in peace. So powerful. You know, that's what Gumby did for me. You know, we, 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 we went through a lot together, you know, we would check in every couple months. And then um, I took some trips overseas to the UK and uh, you know, like just doors started opening up in my heart, in my head. And, um, you know, I fall in love. And uh, so I told him, you know, what was going on with me. He was hella juiced about it and I was hella juiced about it. And then I got an opportunity to go over there uh, in December of 2020 and you know we talked and I said I'm going and I went over there and I stayed for six months and it was fantastic and I finished two books and learned so much and met so many amazing people and was doing jujitsu and just like growing spiritually and mentally and I'm reading like a madman and I'm walking in nature and like my the axis of my soul is shifting you know um, and so for a while, I have to come back to the States, knock some things out, you know? And, um, when I first touched down, <laughs> my parents were terrified to be around me because the Delta variant was starting to take people out. So they were like, yo, man, glad you're back. Stay away. And I respected it <laughs> because I love my parents. I love my parents, you know? So, um, 
I I I got swooped up by my cousin Cameo at Lady Namastizzle. You better follow her because she's amazing. Um, and uh, so she swoops me and she takes me to my boy Anthony Thomas uh, Jiu-Jitsu Martial Arts and Fitness Center called Thomas Martial Arts in Hayward, California. Please pull it up on Google and go. Um, he's like, yo, you can stay in my gym. Don't trip. I had um, what do you call those things? Uh, COVID tests that you can take for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Do you know in the UK, if you just call and you tell them your address, they'll send you COVID tests at the house for free. It's just like that. So I had a box, took it. I'm cool, blah, blah. Me and Anthony and uh, his amazing lady, Jen, we, we, we chilling, we building, you know what I'm saying? And uh, next door is a studio. And uh, shout out to Brian Believe, you know what I mean? And uh, I see Believe, he runs the studio, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of dope people be over there. And uh, he's like, what's up, man? What are you doing over here? I was like, oh, blood, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like on that self-quarantine, you know what I'm saying? But I'm cool, just over here at Thomas Martial Arts, marinating, get my train on, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, dope, man, dope. You know what I'm saying? Good to see you. Because we go back pretty far, actually. We just don't see each other that often. So um, later, if, if my mind remembers right, Right. Uncle Dame comes through because we ain't chopped it in a minute. He, you know, comes through, holla at the OG. And then and then and then these these different artists were coming into Believe Studio. And. Um, Nump was one of them. Oh, was that the same day? I think my boy Butch at Butch underscore swim was with me. I don't know if I may be converging these days. Cause I'm not sure if I saw him once or twice in this very moment. It feels like one day, but I don't remember. Um, and, and Dame left and then, and then Nump knocked on the door or something. And he was like, yo, my boy wanted to see you. Da, da, da. It's like, Steve, I'm like, what, what's up zombie blood? He's like, yo, what's up? Like, the the camaraderie was so instant and the joy and the light on both of our faces was so so authentic you know what i'm saying and like we we chilling we, we you know what I'm saying we laughing we talking and um it was just fantastic and i'm like yo man come inside let's build because you know yes there's hella homies it's hip-hop we we vibing and it's popping but like me and my homie have to check in you know what I'm saying? So he comes into Thomas Martial Arts. He sits down. And um, he's like, you were gone, man. What? How was how was the UK? I'm like, yo, I'm chilling, man. I'm, I'm in love. My life is better. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm like, you know, this is a good thing. And and uh, it was it was fine. You know what I'm saying? There was there was no problems. Um, we talked about life we talked about our families we talked about our children we talked about love we talked about martial arts we talked about science travel we talked about islam we talked about tai chi we talked about kung fu we talked about jujitsu we talked about healing we talked about like i literally took notes down in in my stoic journal, I wrote down some of the things that he was saying about the importance of loving the person you love properly. 
like what your job is. It like it blew my mind, man. And um, it was such a pure moment that I didn't take a picture, but I wanted to. For a, for a fraction of a second, I wanted to. Because you never know the last time you're going to see somebody. Even in this fucked up, let's all take pictures all day kind of world. But I didn't. And um, yeah, we were talking about diet stuff. We were talking about all kinds of stuff. And so he said, you know what, man? I said, what? He goes, would you be interested in teaching me private lessons on jujitsu? And I was like, yeah. He said, I think my son's are ready for jujitsu, especially my younger one. I think my sons are ready for jujitsu and I want to learn too. And I said, you know, I always wonder why you never learned jujitsu, man. I would be honored to teach you. He was like, yeah, man, let's start taking classes. He goes, getting ready to do this Zion I tour and stuff like that, but I'm really ready to do jujitsu. And I put my number in his phone just to make sure that he had it right because he had one of my old numbers. Because we'd normally just talk on, uh, on, on the IG. And uh, he sends me a message one day and he's like, on July 1st, he's like, yo, I wanted to um, bring my kids down and start training with you over in Hayward. But my number... It seems like I got it wrong or something, you know. So I sent him my number in case I didn't put it wrong. And I could see that he's seen it, you know, but he had told me he's working on everything else. So I'm like, cool, you know. I'd even called Anthony and I was like, bro, we about to. In fact, I put Anthony on the phone with him for, for a little bit um, that night because he, he loves hip-hop. Anthony knows hip-hop better than most people who teach hip-hop. And... Um, I put him on the phone and he was like, yo, I remember a show you did in like San Diego. And like, he was like, what? Like he remembered that he was like, yeah, you're right. He was like, remember? And then the so-and-so got on the stage or whatever. He told this funny story and we was vibing. But anyway, my point is I didn't talk to him again. And then um, I get a message from one of my good brothers out here. And he told me that he had passed. I mean, I, I've been holding on to this like the whole day. And, you know, I'm not the kind of journalist who's just going to run on Twitter and start talking about it. I, 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 I didn't make any, any posts about him yet because I had to process it. You know, it's worth saying that I don't know how old he is. I'm 51. I think he's about 10 years younger than me, but I'm not sure. That man's fit. You hear I say he is fit? Because like his presence is still here. That man was fit. Before he left, we hugged each other. And I can tell you as a martial artist that when you hug another man or you shake hands with a man in an authentic way, you can get a sense of what they're capable of physically. And I knew he did Tai Chi and Kung Fu for a long time. In fact, uh, my favorite uh, 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 video of his, uh, well, you'll hear about it in the thing, in the, in the interview. You get to see him do martial arts. But anyway, um, 
his chi, his physical energy was real and his body was tight and lean, you know, strong. Like this dude can fight. Like I was excited because I was like, I love that this dude from Tai Chi and Kung Fu is going to do some jujitsu because his spirit's physical expression was strong and I couldn't wait to get him on the mat. And then I get this message that he passed away. And so I've been sitting on it all day and, you know, I've been reading stoicism. I've been reading Al Haddad. Huh? You ever read this book called knowledge and wisdom? Get it from roomybookstore.com. Um, shout out to fair. I but what I'm saying is that book is, 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 a, is a deep well of spiritual knowledge, although it's not that big. Right. So it's good for people. Cause it's, it's a, it's a thin book. Right. But like, I've been studying all this stuff about death and, meditating and yoga you know i just got my black belt jujitsu so i'm running on the beach all the time and i'm at the at the at the academy uh uh in 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 downtown san jose 405 south first street right or the new spot uh heroes east side east side san jose on north capitol but i'm forgetting the number right now <laughs> forgive me nick um and so I'm in this great spiritual space. And then I get this, I get this, I get this, this horrible news, you know, and, and it just reminded me that you can be fit as him and still not outlive it, still not beat it. Now that is not a license, my friends, at all to be like, well, I'm gonna just stay on this couch and get these chips, niggle. <laughs> no. If COVID could take down such a spiritually and physically fit human being, vaccine or not, as zombie, how are you going to beat it? What are you doing? He was fit. He was very fit. He was a reader. He was a meditator. He was a man of prayer. He was a man who ate very clean a man who was real present to what went into his body. And my brother who did all of that is not here right now. So what push-ups you can't afford to do? You too cool to jump that rope to get that jog in? Hmm? This thing is real. It killed a friend that I love. And I'm so sorry. And I'm so sorry for his sons. And um, you got to understand that I'm not so stoic that I figured out how to not cry yet. Um, you know, I, I want good things for you, for all of my listeners. And there are things that I do besides being vaccinated uh, and wearing a mask that I do. And I'm going to share these things with you and hope that you take it on. The first thing that I do is I use hydrogen peroxide several times a day as a mouthwash and as a in my nose. A lot of people don't know that hydrogen peroxide kills viruses. Some people you know, they put things in their mouth to be antibacterial. A virus is a different kind of entity. 
So if you take antibacterial stuff and you're dealing with a virus, you're still going to get sick and vice versa, right? If you take antiviral stuff and a bacteria shows up, it's the same way, right? So uh, I talked to a dentist friend of mine and she confirmed that a lot of times dentists will use hydrogen peroxide as a mouthwash before they go in anybody's mouth in part because it kills viruses. It makes them both safe. So I wash my mouth out before, if I go into like the mall, I wash my mouth out and then I put a little bit on a, on a tissue and I go in each nostril, short sniff, right? To get it up in there. So that way, if anything gets past my mask, it's going into a mouth with antiviral properties in my nasal passages. Remember to cover your beak, cover your beak. That's gonna be my new thing. Hashtag cover your beak. All these people walking around with their nose out. I am going to share something with you. I think I said this before on uh, uh, I teach U.S. history. And uh, one of the last times that I was teaching U.S. history at a school, we we're looking at a documentary on uh, people that were coming to America uh, 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 through Ellis Island. And they showed all these women uh, wearing uh, masks during I don't know. I want to say it was the 1918. I don't remember what the what year it was. I'm a U.S. history teacher and I forgot. Right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is. Uh, they all had their noses out. And in the documentary, the guy's like, yeah, you see the women here with their noses out? Likely they all died because nobody knew that you uh, were catching stuff through your nasal passages. As soon as the mask came out, um, I made sure to cover my nose, but people don't cover their nose. But I use hydrogen peroxide in my nose and I use a mouthwash. If I go like... Uh, to do anything where I think there's going to be significant people, you do it. And you got to understand you can't trust everybody. We all slip sometimes in some ways. We just tend to be more protective in the way that we think it should be. Right? So I'm sure there's things that I do that probably put me a little bit at risk, but, but I do them. Right? And you are the same way, which means we can't trust each other. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We can't trust each other. I'm a pretty paranoid person, but I know that I do stuff that you probably would be like, oh, that might be a little risky. But that's why I rinse my mouth out and my nose religiously. I've made myself do this. Okay. That's antiviral stuff. Look up antiviral foods. I'm not even going to tell you what any of them are because I want you to look it up and start making them more part of your diet. This isn't even a plea to be vegan. I'm just telling you, find vegetables and fruits that are antiviral by nature and start consuming them. Now, the next thing I'm gonna tell you about is, uh, you know how they have CBD? They have a thing called CBG. CBG was something that I learned about through Raqqa. Shout out to at the real Raqqa, R-A-K-A-A, dilated. Anyway, shout out to Raqqa. He taught me about CBG, which is the antiviral, antibacterial part of uh, the weed plant. Now, uh, when, when, when I first learned about it, almost nobody made CBG products. Then I only found a few people that made CBG products uh, like tinctures and things like that, but they were super expensive. Now, a company called ProTab, who does not pay Adisa, Bishop Chronicles, Mike Realm, or anybody connected to us, ProTab makes a pill with no THC, some CBD, mostly CBG pills. And I take those 
Um, and then I also saw that Wild, W-Y-L-D, that make uh, edible chewables have a pear-flavored CBG. Uh, like edible. Yeah, only the pear, though, because they make several flavors, apparently. I'm not really that up on them. But what I'm saying is um, I take these CBG pills from ProTab. Right? I take vitamin D. I take vitamin C. Uh, I take L-glutamine, I take um, colostrum, C-O-L-O-R-S-T-U-M or O-M. I don't remember how to spell it. Colostrum. I take colostrum. You know, it's an immunity booster. Um, and yeah, man, that's what I do. I'm not a doctor. Anything I told you may not be good for you. I got the vaccine. I use the CBG. I use uh, um, um, hydrogen peroxide, CBG. I take the, the the stuff I told you about. I try to eat clean. I try to exercise. Remember, I talked about this in the beginning. You got to have strong lungs and strong legs, right? This is a disease that attacks the leg, not the legs, the lungs. You know what I'm saying? So you want to be doing things to make your lungs stronger, drinking teas and these types of things to keep your lungs strong, right? Because man, like, if my brother Steve could catch this man, we're all in grave danger. I'm telling you, we are in danger. And I ain't saying that on some panic stuff. My brother was fit and focused, spiritually aligned, and he is no longer here, man. I am blown away. And so I've, I've cried like just maybe if I added it all up together, it'd probably be about one minute. But I do know that I'm going to have a serious session tonight or tomorrow. Because uh, it still hasn't hit me. And by the time this gets to the internet, a lot of people will know. And as amazing an MC as he was, as dedicated a martial artist as he was. Y'all remember that album? Was it called Shadow Boxing? I think, yeah. If you understood how sincere he was, the knowledge that, that, that he invested himself in to share through the vehicle of hip hop. The father, the lover of humanity. This dude was a good, solid dude. Um, and so now I'm just gonna stop talking and let this thing thing play. I want you to hear him. I need to shut up, you know. I'm just hurt. But thank you for listening. And this is Bishop Chronicles. This is Farside TV. This is hip hop. This is real hip hop. This is real life. This is right now. And um, we got to do whatever we got to do to beat this. Here it goes. All right. So look, chilling here with Zion. I, this is Bishop Chronicles. Yeah. We have a real serious uh, discussion about Tai Chi, about healthy eating, about yoga, about the identity of black males. You know what I'm saying? Whoa. All kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Music, of course. What are you talking about? Going in. This is, you know what I'm saying? This is what we do, son. But before we do any of that, we would be we'd be blowing it if we didn't talk about John Jones. Because, oh. man, you heard me on the last episode. Wasn't I, wasn't I just tap dancing for him? I was like, John Jones, John Jones, he's the man. And then the day after, I'm talking to the homie on the phone, and he's like, did you know yeah, that he got busted for Kane? Okay. Man, look, John Jones, I was a fan, bro. 
You had me. Look, look, you had look, me at hello. I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm still a fan, right? But the thing that's it's, it's a bit disappointing because I held him in such high esteem because I, I I looked at him as a true martial artist, which is to me the main thing about being a martial artist is the discipline. You see what I'm saying? And we all mess up, which is why I still respect him. I still mess with him. But it's just a little disappointing for a, a little, a lot. A brother on that level, he already got mad haters. You know what I'm saying? He beating fools down. He's down. Te- his technique is strong. He a family man. You know what I'm saying? To go out like that. The only thing I can say is that either he was on that before and it just caught up with him. Right. Or the pressure of being the champ is greater than we know. It's greater than we know. Yeah. Man, I'm going to say like this, bro. Like, straight up, he broke Deese's heart, man. Because, like, hmm. we're still talking about the image of black males on a national scale. And I don't care whether you think right. you're a role model or not, bro. Right. If cats know your name, you are. And that don't mean you got to live the life of a saint. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Like, I'm hella flawed. And I'm sure one day some shit will come up with something about me. And I'll be like, damn. Bishop, for real. He choked out five little kids <laughs> last night. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> But, like, no, I mean, you know, everybody's got their flaws, got their issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know y'all heard me go hard on Cosby. I don't really care about Cosby. That's a different thing. But what I'm saying is, you know, John Jones, man, like, here's my feeling. and, And I don't really mean to bust nobody out. I'm just keeping it 100. I feel like the UFC prefers their champions be white males. I do. And I don't have problems with white males being gotta, champions. Explain if, Devil's advocate, hold up, explain why. Hold up. I don't have a problem with UFC champions being white males if they're the best. If they're the best. If the best in the weight category is a white male, I'm cool with that. But it's deeper than that. And what I mean is like, I feel like the UFC wants American white males. They don't just like you can't be a Russian white male. What about Fedor? You can't. Why do you think Fedor was kept out of the UFC for hella years? That's and true. his prime, That's he would have beat people through that cage. That's true. And he had no access to the UFC, and they knew it. They took him in right after his peak. Mm. And look at him. Man, you go look at old Pride footage on YouTube. He was beating people absolutely senseless, whether they were black, white, Brazilian, whatever. He was crushing people. Remember his fight with Crow Cop? No, I didn't see that. Dude, go look up his fight with Crow Cop. Same thing with Crow Cop. They only let him in because they knew his ticket could get now, taken. Now, now tell me this. What, you know what, what I mean? Is, what, is the, what, is the, what do they gain by doing that? I believe they're focusing their brand wisely. Now, I understand, right? Like, Dana White and them are trying to get more white Americans, right, to tune in to the UFC. And they're, I don't think that they, okay, and I so think that they're banking on, you know. What about the new Irish dude? I forget his name. He's, he's dope. I know he's who you're dope. talking about. He's nice. <laughs> he's dope. He's nice. Yeah. He's unorthodox. Yeah. What about him, though? He seems like the next star. They'll give him some shine for a minute. We'll see. The jury's still out. Here's what I'm telling He's you. He's Irish, though. Yeah. But still. But even... I'm is, not is even... Is Dana White Irish? Yes. But that ain't, but that ain't the ticket for me. Huh. I think Dana White is about Americans. Hmm. He likes Randy Couture. You know what I'm saying? He likes... Chuck uh, Liddell. Chuck Liddell. Right? I still remember when he brought Chuck Liddell to fight Rampage in Pride. And Rampage destroyed him. Mm. And Dana was there in the front row looking bitter. Mm. Now, it's probably because he just invested all this money in Chuck and then Chuck got stolen or whatever. Okay, that's the game. 
But like, I feel like every time, and I'm being specific, every time an African American got to the top of the pile in the UFC, Dana put a million roadblocks on him and made him fight the Hulk plus. Like who? You know what I'm saying? Like, there was this dude, I want to say, was it? Oh, man, my brain. Remember this cat, Rashad? Evans? Yes. Now, if he you remember, Jones, but wait though. But if you remember in the beginning, he was the champion. Hold on though. But in the beginning, Dana and uh, who was the dude? Remember, it was the UFC show, the tough fight, whatever. And it was like, who who was his coach? Who was who was Rashad when he got to the top? When he got to the I, thing? I remember he didn't like him. Yeah, he didn't like him. Yeah. And so they put him against this big husky, and he knocked his ass uh, country out. dude out. with cowboy hat and all that, and he got destroyed. That was I was like, Rashad, bro, handle your business tonight, plow. And he did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, and. Uh, Man, you know, they hated to give him the belt that day. They hated to give him the shot, but they had to. And so what I'm saying is with him, with Anderson Silva, um, with, with John Jones, I always feel like there's this under vibe uh, 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 of a lack of support. And and you know what? I, you know, on some level, maybe I'm tripping because, you know what? When uh, when Rampage got into trouble, Dana did put a lot of OT to get, you know what I mean? To oh, get man. dude's life fixed up. You know what I'm saying? But I still feel like for the sake of the brand, for the sake of sales, for the sake of marketing, they want American white males I, I, at the top of the pile. And I don't okay. even resent that. From a business perspective, well, check this but out. it's not the realest thing because I still believe there's other Fedors out there. But bro. check this out. Joe Rogan said something about John Jones. I read an article. He was like talking about why is John Jones not more popular? And Joe Rogan was like, listen, it's because of the fan base of the UFC. He said they're proud. Basically, I'm not quoting him, but he yeah. basically said they're mildly racist. Mm. Like I remember there was something about that, but I didn't see that. I saw Joe, Joe the story. Logan, yeah, Joe yeah. Logan's a smart dude. He yeah. knows what not to say to alienate yeah, the UFC yeah, yeah. constituency. Right. But at the same time, he was just he like... He put it out there. Like, his race white, may be a factor. He was basically like, if he was white, he'd be more popular. Wow. Since he's black. He's not as popular as he should be. But now... You get busted for cocaine, just like when Chael Sonnen yeah. and got busted for steroids. Yeah. And listen, nobody was mad at Chael Sonnen. Even though he kept getting his ass whooped, he kept getting title shots <laughs> one after another. <laughs> nobody was mad and at him. And he got a TV deal. He's on TV right now. Nobody's, I don't like him, yeah. but nobody in general is mad at him. People are mad at John Jones. And the question is, like, now they have a reason. Before they didn't really have a reason. Right, he was just winning. Now and they, they couldn't do. stand it. And that's what kind of sucks about the whole situation to me. He gave them a reason. He really did. You feel me? He really did. And it, and it's tough, man. I guess the good news is it's not base rock, right? It's powder, right? Because mm-hmm. I, 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 it's my understanding that it's powder, and I know like people might chuckle or whatever, but like here's the deal: like powder is way more conquerable than base rock. You know what I'm saying? Like. There's all kinds of people I know. I work with people who used to do powder and, right. you know, let it go. Uh, yeah, well, but, like, people who did rock, them cats are always suspect for a fact. <laughs> the miracle of crack on the human anatomy, bro. It's, like, hard to bounce back. But, like, powder is, is, is manageable. So, I mean, to me, that's the only good news is that it's powder. And, uh... 
you know, I just feel bad for him, you know, because it's got to be just outside of the humiliation, like dealing with the family stuff, dealing with all the business stuff rough, that's on, man. all the business stuff that, just, that, that's in jeopardy. Did he just jeopardy. get on with Nike? Yes, bro. Like, that's probably yeah. going to fade away. Beats, Beats headphones. Like, it's you bad, know what I mean? Man. Dre, look me up. I'll do a commercial, bro. Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm just saying, like, it's tough, man. It is. It's, it's very tough. But I mean, the main thing is, is I feel like, again, whether you want to be or not, you are you are a role model, and and you have a duty to all of these young people. And you, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. As a black male, and I know maybe I shouldn't feel it, but like. Sometimes I feel like I have a duty to white America to not be that dude that they expect you to be, you know? No, I hear and you. I still have white people tell me every once in a while, like, you know, I was listening to your talk the other day. You're, you're so articulate. And it's like, I know that they don't mean anything racist by that. But the fact that they do think that I'm articulate is important to me. Mm. It's important that I'm understood. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so... I feel like every stereotype that there is about black males in general, especially like elite black male athletes, gets actualized when this type of stuff happens. Let me, let me man. say this though. Let me say this though. The difference is though, and this is like the double standard. It's like you know when Robert Downey Jr. goes down for hella heroin over and over again, mad drugs. He don't represent every white man. Mm. He don't. Even, he only represents himself. John Jones goes down. He represents every black man. You know what I'm saying? When, when, but that's when Michael because Brown gets shot. black males are not known. See, we're still not known. And so it doesn't hold matter. On, hold on, hold on. We're still hold not on, known, on, bro. No. The, we are known. We're just... We are not known. Listen, we are known. They just like to know us in a certain way. They don't... You don't... If you don't know us by this point, the fact that we raised your babies during slavery and we entertain you with fights and cockfighting and yep. boxing and... Football, basketball, acting. acting, music. You've stolen all our cultures. If you don't know us by now, you don't really want to. So I don't believe that. It's the fact that we serve a purpose in this society. We occupy a certain position on purpose so the society continue to work as it is right now. Where poor white people have somebody to look down on. Still, even though we're at the same level. Where, you know what I'm saying, maybe... Latinos in Southern California can still look down on black people, even though we're at the same level. You feel me? We serve a purpose, and it's on in its own purpose. And I feel like that's what we're looking at because the fact that you know Bill Cosby does this bullshit and fucks up. Yeah. Why should I feel ashamed of him just because I have the same skin color? Yeah. When these white dudes go and fucking murder twenty people. Yeah. The next white man don't feel nothing about it. It doesn't. He's not like it yo. It doesn't reflect. He was Irish. Oh it, man, it doesn't not reflect another Irish dude. The only other people I could say that they feel that is Muslims. Not Muslims do. Hey, Mexicans do sometimes though. I know some I Mexicans see, do be that Muslims. way. You but, know what I mean? White folks, the dominant. Hey, but Muslims for sure. Anytime you hear something happen, you'd be like, oh, I'd be like that. I'd be like, please Allah, please let it. let it be let 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 it let it be a, a, a one of these military. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's what crazy. do they call them, dude? Hey, I'd be like, please, Allah, let it be a militiaman. Please. You know what I'm saying? But it's, you know. Let it be a militiaman. Don't let it be Muslim. It, it, and then they'd be like, Ali Baba of the 40 Thieves. Wow. Damn. Wow. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Clowning. Alibaba and the 40, bro, he was number 32. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I feel what you're saying, though. Like, I feel the same thing. Like, you want to be extraordinary. You don't want to be that same. But the fact is, like, that's a, an added pressure from, from, it's a societal pressure. It comes out of thin air because it's inferred and you know it. It's like, you know, my parents always, growing up, my parents always told me you have to go be twice as good. To yeah. Be at the same yeah, level. that's where it's bond. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. because they say they, they know us or they don't know us. They don't it's know like, us. No, man. I don't think that's the case, though, man. You know rock and roll, motherfucker. You know hip hop now. You know jazz. No, yeah. see, you, but that's but a lie. You, but where'd you get that shit from, though? You no, know it because you that's studied a lie, it, bro. It's not no, a lie, bro. they know Miles Davis, bro. They don't yeah. know jazz. They know. know jazz, what I mean? Man. They know. They know Hendrix, man. No, they dude. don't know. It's not about Hendrix. They don't know Jimmy Hendrix from Seattle, bro. It's not about Jimi Hendrix. It's about fucking the Black Keys. It's about U two, Radiohead. They know that shit. It's the same thing. It was ours, and there's not no more. They studied the shit. They know. They know, bruh. And I'm just saying, like... So what do you think about this new fight with... with They're trying to bring back Silva. Talk, let's talk about Silva for a minute. Anderson oh, Silva. Man, that's, I love that dude. I got his back all day. And when his leg broke, I was like, yikes. That like, crushed, that was one of the nastiest that was, that things I've crushing, ever seen. Man. To see him do that, that was crushing me, man. That was horrible. But, but see, but here's where the beauty of the fighting spirit... And this is why I love the UFC anyway, with the however, whatever flaws I think of it in it. But, like... The the reason why I love MMA and the UFC specifically is that when the best dude wins, you see how the people react. And like you saw Silva be just like this living legend that'll never probably never be replicated. Even if Jones gets off powder, I don't know if he can do the ride that, that Anderson Silva had. I mean, that's just a hard thing to do for any martial artist of any background, whatever. But what I'm saying is... Weedman, Wademan, I always say his name wrong every time I say it. Like, no one liked him after that. <laughs> like, like, it wasn't like he had a huge fan base. Like, even with, like, all of, maybe I have to rethink my well, whole one, UFC theory, bro. But like, but, like, after he won, it wasn't like people were like, dude, Weedman's the man forever. It's not like, no like, one even cared, bro. He had a fight after it and everybody shrugged it off. Look, the thing about Anderson Silva was it's exciting to watch this dude scrap because he's, yeah. he's ill. Yeah. He's, he's, he's different. He's unorthodox. Weedman is like boring. He's hella boring. He's, and I like him. He's strong. He's, he's good tough. at his job. He know, he's you know good. who he is? He's like the Larry Bird of MMA. No, because Larry Bird just was. Because Larry Bird could hit those shots, son. But Larry Bird. But he was, didn't have it like the Dr. J with the Tomahawk slam. No. Blah. But he would do some spectacular shit, though. God, like steal the ball. Spectacular? You really say that? But when he Larry stole Bird? the ball against, I think it was the Lakers with like three seconds left, stole the ball, shot it, hit a three. They tried to inbound it again, stole it, did a lap, and they won the game by one point. That was like, sick. With like three, four seconds left. That's spectacular, man. <laughs> but, he's but not like, Larry Bird. But in the, but in the, but Don't call him Larry Bird yet. He's got to be Larry Bird, bro. He's got to be Larry Bird for now. Larry Bird's a fucking legend. It's, let's call him like... Weeman's, let's call him like Bogut or something. <laughs> like a solid dude. He handles his business. He does what he got to do. Bogan, respect to Bogan, man. I'm all about the Warriors. Man. I'm just respect. saying, I don't think that that this dude, that Wayman's going to have a few, the same kind of future. I don't think he's going to have that legacy. Like, as as Anderson Silva. Hell no. No. Nothing I mean, compared, dude. 
I don't even think he's going to have the lasting power. Like, for real. He's not going to last like that. Nah. And that's no disrespect to him because he's a sap. And I, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm hating on him as a fighter. I'm just telling you I don't think he has it in him. Um, but but I tell you what, though. Um, his upcoming fight, Anderson Silva, is fighting Nate, uh, Diaz. Nate Diaz. Let me tell you something, man. I think Nate Diaz might be able to catch him slipping. No. I think I th- Anderson better have his fucking his shields up. His jiu-jitsu's up. tight, too. Yeah, we see, we've seen that. But I feel like against Weedman, he was... Like, the thing... That, okay, this is this to me is Anderson Silva's Achilles heel. His ego. You think? At, yeah. Oh, not outside the ring. Inside the ring. He underestimates fools? No. He, he allows himself to get... It's like a personal dialogue. He goes into danger? What do you, I mean, what are yeah. you saying? When he fought against Damian Maya, uh-huh. it was very ego. Something happened like where he was like he was fighting, then he got frustrated, and then he kept like trying to bait this guy, like, come do something, come do uh-huh. something. And I was like, that was weird. What's going on? Uh-huh. And he did the same thing against Weedman. Only difference is Weedman knocked his ass out. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I, I feel like this, though. Come do something. I, I feel like if he wasn't clowning, like he did the Matrix thing like four or five times before he got hit by Weedman. I feel like he wasn't clowning. He would have beat Weeman in that first Dude, fight. Dude, that's hella real. In the first fight. There's something in his head that's like, I think he reads maybe like what people are saying and, and listens to what the haters are saying. Right, when he gets he's in going ring, and doing his job. Yeah, and when he gets in the ring, it affects how he interprets the fight. Instead of just, and then other times you see him where he's end out and he's totally in the moment. So he goes back and forth, yeah. but I feel like that's his one weak point. And that's the only thing I can point to in his career. Out of all the fights I've ever seen of him, yeah, that's it's not physical. It's more of a mental thing where he like takes it personal. Like you're talking shit to me, I'm gonna Go embarrass you. you. Yeah, yeah, and that's what he's trying to do with Weedman. Like you can't hit me, you can't hit me. Oh, you hit me. Yep. Hey, what you think about this? His leg though, is it gonna make it, bro? Is it wrapped in like titanium? What they do to that leg? Like I literally don't know. I don't. I'm scared to find out. Oh my god. He got skinny, I can't watch that again. He got skinny legs anyway. But I cannot watch that again. I don't want to see that. I'm surprised he came back so soon, honestly. I didn't think he would ever fight again. But he's a warrior, so I got respect for him. Warriors are like rappers, bro. They do not quit. They'll be making records forever, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Big Daddy Kane. Like, Big Daddy Kane. Like, I remember when, um, when, when, uh. Was it the Afro Samurai thing came out? Yeah. And I saw that, like, Big Daddy Kane was on that. I was like, why is Big Daddy Kane trying to be on hey, Afro man, Samurai? I, I saw- Bro, I played Cameo Afro. Have you ever heard that song? No. Dude, Big Daddy Kane's coldest verse almost ever is on that Afro Samurai con- uh, soundtrack. Bro, he ethered that track, and Jizza follows him. And his verse is better than Jizza's yeah. by a lot. And Jizza's verse... Is Cold Crush? There's nothing wrong with Jesus' verse. <laughs> nothing at all. Kane ethered that track. I'm telling you, man, Cameo Afro is out of control. Listen, man, I saw I saw Big Daddy in 1989 uh-huh. at the uh, Shoreline Amphitheater. Uh-huh. Killing it with Scoop and Scrap. Love. Yeah, remember Scoop and Scrap? Yeah, check it out. I saw him, like, um, probably like 2005 uh-huh. in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Same energy level, still rocking the splits. He could probably still do splits right now. On stage. That's insane. Splits and pop back up. Bro, he's raw like that. He's raw. He's raw. 
I mean, so, you know, I just think that, you know, I, I want to see Anderson Silva do well. I, I don't I, – there's a part of me that doesn't believe he should be fighting. And let me be really clear me about too. this. We just talked about Metamorris on one of the last things. It's, it's an elite grappling event that mm-hmm. happens in L.A. Mm-hmm. Ran by the one and only Halleck Gracie. Jigga, 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 yeah. Now, my point is this. In the last Metamorris, Henzo Gracie fought Sakuraba. Who's that? Uh, the old J- Japanese dude. Him okay. and Henzo had a fight where he was holding his arm and they kind of fell while he was holding it in a Kimura lock. I don't think he was doing the lock, but they had fallen. And then, like, Henzo's arm actually popped, like, right in the middle of the thing. Like, in the middle of his forearm broke. It's, that's not how the arm is supposed right. – even that arm lock isn't supposed right, to do right, that. But right, the way right. they fell, like, right, right, whatever, right. right? So they had a pure grappling rematch. You know what I mean? Like straight grappling. Because that's what Metamorphosis is. It's like elite grappling, right? And so they, they fought to a draw. It's either I tap you out, you tap me out, or it's a draw. So they fought to a draw. The thing that I was hit with in that moment, watching Henzo, who quite honestly can probably still do MMA and knock a lot of people out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like for real. Like Henzo's about as good as it gets in the game for real ever. Um I like that they were doing straight jujitsu. Like I would rather see Anderson Silva in Meta Morris doing jujitsu matches than risking that leg mm. striking. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Like Meta Morris is a platform where OGs can still squab they get and paid? show their metal. Yeah, they get paid to win. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Probably not as much as UFC. No, probably not as much as UFC. But older that's, fighters probably don't that's fight. Probably, that's probably the only fight difference. as much anyway. But that's probably the only difference for Anderson Silva right now. You can be guaranteed that before Anderson Silva lost, he was doing movies and doing some stuff in Brazil. I remember him kind of like turning his back and being like, I'm going to focus on my other shit. Right. And he came back and he lost. Yeah. There's something about like being in the spotlight and being the best and losing. Yeah. And wanting that feeling back. You know what I'm saying? I tell you what, though, man, ain't nothing soft about Nate Diaz, bro. His work ethic I, I, is out of control. Yeah, I don't think he's quick enough to deal with. If, 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 even if they just squab like stand up, yeah. If they just trade, bro, I think Anderson's too skillful for him. Even I think he's got. I think he's got the reach to hurt Nate, but I think Nate, Nate, Nate's got real hands and he's got a jaw, mm. a real jaw. You know what I'm saying? And his jujitsu. Is possibly better than Anderson's. How's that? But his jiu-jitsu's sick. I mean, like, like the Diaz is, is brothers. An, okay, is Anderson Silva's jiu-jitsu not good? It's hella good. Okay. But I'm. But what I'm. But that's my point. Is his jiu-jitsu is great? But I feel like Nate is just ill enough, and he's younger. He could do it, bro. We'll see. He could do it. I don't. I don't want him to do it. I, don't, I want Anderson Silva to win that one, man. I don't want to see Nate Diaz respect, you know what I'm saying? But Anderson Silva is a legend. He should. I feel like he should go out like a legend should go out. He shouldn't go out like, um, you know, getting knocked out and then breaking his leg and then getting beat by Nate Diaz. I don't want to see that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you lay it out, it sounds fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you want nobody want to see that. I used to only watch UFC for Anderson Silva. When Anderson Silva come on, okay, cool. That's a message, Dana White. <laughs> I see I was gonna go somewhere, but I'm not gonna do it. I'm just being stupid. But here's <laughs> but here's what I'm saying though. How can John Jones redeem himself? 
What is the path of redemption? So you're John Jones. You just got buzzed for powder. How do you fix this? How can he fix this? You got to clean up for real. Come back. Does he got to do the come to Jesus thing? He got to cry no, on the no, mic no, in front no, of everybody, he bro? He don't do that. He don't do that. He comes back. He owns up to it. He takes it on the chin. He's sincere. He wins fights. Yeah. And he lets people, he becomes vulnerable and lets people in. Because after that last fight, after he beat uh, Cormier, yeah. he seemed, he seemed uh, almost antagonistic still. Yeah, he was not, a little not, bitter, bro. Not to anybody particularly, yeah. but just in general, which was weird because he had just won. Yeah. But he still had that bitterness. He still had it. it which was... That could have been the power. It, it was off-putting, though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, as as you see a winner, you like, be happy, man. Yeah. You won, fool. Yeah. It's Lean like, you, back, you bro. didn't see that. You just did it. Yeah. And for him not to be in that mode, be like, dude was like, yeah, man, seems like you want to cry or something, like you're upset. He's like, I don't want to cry, man. It's just, you know, there's a lot of haters and I still have work to do. And yeah. It's just like... Okay. But that could have been the powder. Maybe. Which would, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, I, here's the thing about comebacks, man. The American people are inundated with so much drama and dumb stuff that, you know, like, no one trips off R. Kelly anymore. If he makes a dope song, nobody's tripping. Right? As much as everybody hates Cosby right now, if this fool can come up with a great show or great stand-up tour... I don't know. Or I think great... Cosby's different than R. Kelly. I don't know, man. I think so, bro. Because R. Kelly... Everybody forgets. As long as John Jones comes out and beats the crap out of somebody, they'll be like, I'm glad you're clean, brother. And it's all good. All will be forgiven. If he comes back and loses once, well, come on, man. it's like, a shuddering but tragedy. On, but, but hold on, like John Jones and Cosby are two different. They are. Planets. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that people got short memories, and even for, that's true. I and agree even with, with Cosby, as as bizarre and twisted as this whole scenario Weird. is, crazy. <laughs> that fool's like a a very famous like serial rapist. Like wow. <laughs> that looks crazy. Wild. You know what I'm saying? But I still, but like, dude, if R. Kelly can beat the rap, anybody can beat it, bro. You just got to make a hit. And R. Kelly can sing. That fool knows how to make hooks. He's yeah, good. Yeah, but, but R. Kelly even, I feel like, you know, he came back, but he suffered from that. Like, oh, he, he never his. got back to the same place. I don't know. And that's the thing. I think John Jones, like, what he did is, like, he, he injured kind of like himself. He didn't really reach out to anybody else per se. Yeah. So, like, I feel like he's he would be able to get back to where he was. But, like, you know, it's up to him. And I feel like probably this is going to be his biggest challenge. Obviously, he's not – he's such an elite athlete and mm-hmm. technically gifted that that's not the biggest challenge he's going to face. He's facing a spiritual battle right now. And he's got – like you said, on yeah. the phone, he got Philippians across his chest. Yeah, bro. What happened? I don't know. Hey. No, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to stop. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now back to the real interview about Tai Chi, yoga, martial arts, and shadow boxing. That's what we're really here to talk about. Right. So we're gonna talk about that. Teacher, what style is that? All right, 
thank you for tuning in to the Bishop Chronicles. You know what it is. I'm a lucky man. I always say this, all right? I'm a lucky man. I get to kick it with the dopest dudes. You know what I'm saying? Might be fighters, bruh. Might be, you know what I'm saying, writers, bruh. You know what I'm saying? Might be whatever. Right now, it's the homie. Man, Zion I. What you know about real MCs? Real spitters, dude. Real. What up, what up, what up? You know what I'm saying? Welcome to the Bishop Chronicles. Big up, man. Thanks for having me, bro. So, thank you for coming on. So, look, me and you, I've been knowing you for a long time now. Yeah. You know, and um, not just knowing you, but a fan, you know, like a real fan. Um, you've always, it's weird because, like, hip-hop has gone through many different phases. Yeah, for sure. You know, positive and negative, right? And one of the things that tripped me out about you is, is how can I say this? Like... There was a time when people said that positive hip-hop couldn't sell. There was no right. market for it. You know, blah, blah. Yeah. And then there was a lot of times when, when people were saying that anything that had any kind of racial relevance was really, like, dangerous or old. Kids don't want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. And then I watched you come out. And I watched... You guys thrive, man. Mm -hmm. Like, not just in Oakland, not just in the Bay, right. but, like, travel the world, yeah. you know? And the thing that I've kind of, that I noted about your music, or I feel like the first thing that struck me, is that your music often didn't feel as much positive as not deliberately negative. Mm -hmm. And that made you feel good. Interesting, okay. Like, does that, I mean, like, I don't know if anybody's ever told you that. I'm just telling you how I felt. Yeah, like, I, I didn't feel that. like there was a message. Like, really? with Public okay. Enemy, it's right, like, right, 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 you know, right. the rhythm, the rebel, buck the devil. Right? You know what I'm saying? Right? You know what I'm saying? And, like, KRS was telling amazing stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? You know? And then PRT was like, follow me now, see? And had his, like, half Rasta, half yeah, New yeah, Jersey yeah, yeah. shit going on. Like, I never felt... I guess, not to say that there wasn't a message, but that there wasn't, it was open and it just was, wisdom. It wasn't like domineering. Yes. Like, you know what it was? Here it is. This is not, not the right word, but there wasn't a dogma. P.E. Okay. had a dogma. Like, right, 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 we right. are pro-black. We got S1Ws, bro. Griff will come see you, right? KRS was like, I'm a humanist. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, X-Clan, you know what I'm saying? Was on that militant black watch thing, whereas you guys were just dope. The music was was powerful and the lyrics were inspirational, but there wasn't a stamp on a direction. Okay. And I always appreciated that openness. Huh. Like, okay. was that a deliberate thing or not? Or what would you say? What would you say the message of Zion I was when you first started catching momentum and how different is it because when i still listen to your stuff i'm still yeah. inspired I like like to me the reason i always like listening to your stuff is because i feel like that hasn't changed yeah. and i always thought like at some point you'd be like all right so i'm here or i'm here but you're just well you know the thing is like the first group that that the way you describe my music mm -hmm. the first group that i found that felt that way to me mm -hmm. was like a tribe called quest yes because they that's true just was like they're just having fun they're throwing out some jewels, 100% intelligent black child, but it's But like, they're not, like, on you yeah, with the, yeah. Yeah, but it's just yeah. the music. But at the same time, when you turn it off, like, or when you listen to it at the club or in your car, you feel good. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, the, the kind of a blueprint that right. 
maybe I subconsciously follow. But also, man, when we first started making music, <clears throat> I was going through like a spiritual, I, I would say like an awakening or like a renaissance where I was really actively and intentionally trying to discover like a higher realm within myself. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I was doing a, like a lot of meditation and I was like abstaining. I was fasting a lot. Right. You know what I mean? I, I was really that. on a on a path like trying to cure my asthma right but no medicine right herbs right you know what i'm saying so i feel like that period of my life i call it my buddha phase mm -hmm. because i was so focused and i wasn't really tripping off anything mm -hmm. but that is like very foundational to to my music and why i even became a musician and why it's such a part of my life because you know the music went hand in hand with that process right and a lot of times the music is one of the few things in my life that are still like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, my life is full now. I have two kids, wife, dogs, cat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Got to make money now. Back in the day, it was just college kids doing whatever. You're just out there do. doing it and right. seeing what was what. Right. So now, you know, so back then, like, that was that. And so I, I, I was, you know, my spiritual teachings always taught me that, you know, God is within everything. Um... Black, white, yeah. yellow, red, green, inanimate, animate. Right. You know what I'm saying? So these are things that I still carry with me, and I feel like it just kind of permeates what I create. I don't really do it on purpose. I don't think about it. But, you know, sometimes I think about something I heard Lauren Hill say, and she was like, you know, people don't want to hear conscious music because when you're out having fun, you don't want to start thinking mm. about the world's problems. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so what I do is... I give them some good, fun shit, and then I slip in the knowledge. A little medicine. Yeah, and, and a little paper underneath the door. I slip mm -hmm. it in. So it's there, but you don't, like, get beat over the head with it. Right. It's kind of like how I kind of try to roll in my life in general. Yeah. Because I want people to have a good time. And I don't want to, you know, there's a lot of, I feel like I'm a conscious dude, but I don't want to hear somebody preaching to me either. Right. Even though that's what, what I like What you need to do, black man. I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you want to build with me, we can share our yeah. experience. But I'm not trying to have you tell me what I need to do in my life. Because yeah. you don't really know. Yeah. You feel me? So I'm just trying to share what my experience is. And I think keeping it open has, you know, in many ways, not just like content-wise with the message and the lyrics, but just musical styles. That's kind of like almost been the defining thing. And it's, it's like a blessing and a curse. Yeah. For Zion I, because some people get that, and then right. some people need that stamp and need that dogma and need that firm. What are you about, man? Right. You know what I'm saying we're just kind of about soul, good mm -hmm. hip hop, you know, uplifting in general. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's actually hella real. So yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I think that that is awesome though. This idea of like the open, yeah. the open channel. Not necessarily like coming. I feel I feel that way about the roots too, though. Yeah, for sure. you know the roots. You know the roots are clearly not dumb, not promoting dumb things and celebrating you know negativity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but 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 they're also not necessarily telling you where to go or where to get something or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I, th I think there's some about being a, a writer and an author where it's like you know the. The films I like the most, the books I like, the music I like the most is where people are giving me a vantage point from their viewpoint on the world or the universe. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're looking through something and they're, they're like, look through my eyes. Right. Then you get to see the perspective. It's, it's, it's a sharing type of thing. Like, this is what I see. 
I'm gonna give you some of my you know subjective opinion on it, but at the same time, like this is just what I see. Right, right, what right. I, what I feel. Right. You don't have to do anything about it, or you don't have to feel any particular way. But this is what I'm looking at, and that's what I get from Black Thought a lot. Like, yeah, they tell you about Philly and like different things and about Black issues, and but it's like it doesn't necessarily come with the judgment. You right, know right. Like, like, like a a preferred opinion. Right. Like you just get to see it and then figure it out yeah, or get, take whatever you take that's from good it. Art, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I feel it. And so it's like, you know, but then you dropped shadow boxing. Okay. And that was 2012? Yes. Dude, what's funny is me and you had not been in any kind of contact for whatever reason. I was online looking up something on martial arts or whatever. Yeah. And that popped up. And I saw the video and I was like he never called me. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, bruh. He never called me? What? What? What's the track with the video? What is that song? It's called Shadow Boxing. That's the that is track. the Shadow Boxing track. Yeah. Bro, when I saw that, I was lightweight hot. I was like, he lying. he's over there killing the game with a little kung fu and the beat's dope and right. the video's hot. Right. But you did a great job. Thank you, man. Tell me about... Tell me about that album and tell me about that video. The album, uh, it was honestly, man, it was hard to make that album uh, because it was just, I don't know, lack of focus in terms of like me and Aunt being clicked up and working on it, but mm -hmm. we got it done. You know what I'm saying? And I chose the name Shadowboxing because I basically a year or two prior I had started really getting into Chen style Tai Chi. And how did that happen? Basically, man, I was doing, uh, you know, I've always flirted with the martial arts right. my whole life. But I got into it, like, I think it was 2010, I started going to this boxing gym. Mm -hmm. And they had Muay Thai. So I went from boxing and I got into the Muay Thai. I was doing Muay Thai and boxing. And while I'm doing the Muay Thai, kicking the bags, feeling good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, my, my uh, knees start to swell up, right? Mm -hmm. Keep going to class. I'm thinking that's Muay Thai. Tough it out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? A week or two later, Katz is looking at my legs like, bruh, what's up with your... Why is your, why is your shin swollen? And right. And I was like... I look down, and I'm like... Well, oh, it is And funny. I look at everybody else, and I'm like, damn, y'all shit ain't swollen. Then I started looking at my feet. Basically, my knees down to my feet were swollen up. And they were like, yo, man, that's not good. So I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta cut out on this uh, Muay Thai shit. It's a little too rough right. for my lower body. So then... I go to my acupuncturist. She's like, yeah, you need to chill. And I'm like, damn, I got to find something. I'm feeling this right now. Right. So then one of my homies in my boxing class was like, yo, go check out this wushu class. See, Fu Patty's like, she grew up with Jet Li, blah, blah, blah. She's ill. And I was like, ah, whatever. One of my film homies, like a couple months later, right. tells me the same thing. Yo, you need to check out Seafood Patty. And for me in my life, when I get that confirmation. Then you know what's up. Yeah, you know, like the universe is trying to guide you somewhere. So Absolutely. I'm like, all right, this is like the second time I heard this from people I trust. Right. The person I trust. Let me go check it out. So I started doing wushu with her. My knees kept kind of bothering me because, you know, wushu is a lot of jumping and like, you know, butterfly kicks. Right, right, right. So she's like, yo, don't do that. I'm going to take you do bagua in internal style. I'm like, cool. I, I think doing that's it. what Riza studied. Bagua? Yeah. Bagua is a trip. Yeah. Started doing that. Felt, started, my legs started feeling better. Then I was like, huh, I'm going in internal. I'm feeling better. I was like, you do Tai Chi, right? She's like, oh, yeah, Chen style. She's like, it's the original style. It's more, more uh, like, I wouldn't say aggressive, 
but more like combat oriented right, right, young right. and everything else. Right. It's like the original style. She's like, I'm check it out. Started doing that and I fell in love with it. Because my first, well, not my first introduction to martial arts, but around that Buddha phase when I was in college, I was training with these cats from LA. They were in Atlanta at the time, the Vita family. Mm-hmm. And they were doing a lot of Qigong and, and like, uh, you might know this dude, uh, what's his name? Cassell? I don't know. Also, Tahiri Cassell. He's like, it's like Kupagani and Gumi. I don't know. It's like African martial arts. Really? Oh, like, I think I do know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. His, it's like his lineage. It's not him, but, but his, his son is his lineage. Okay. I, so I, I know what you're talking about. These cats. Yeah, right. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they gave me a good intro on the Qigong and everything. So I already knew about it, but I hadn't been practicing. Right. I started studying my Sifu, and I was like, oh, this is where I'm at. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just it's a meditative practice. But it makes you strong. It's good for the mind. I just feel like it's mind, body, spirit it's integrated. There. And I started practicing, and I was like, man, I started buying all these Tai Chi books, trying to get deeper into it. And I was reading one of the books, and it was like, the original name of Tai Chi is Shadow Boxing. And I was like, oh, that's where I'm at. Like, this, <laughs> this is the inspiration yeah. for my album. Like, it's just, it kind of like reveals yeah. where my mind frame is right now. Yeah. That's why we chose the name. Yeah. That's yeah. off the hook right there. Yeah, man. So. What was the, um, like, there was a lot, like, Joe Frazier is a dope track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the track with the grouch was dope. Yeah. I mean, I really liked that whole joint. Like, I really did, you know, and I liked the, cool. the album art. I liked everything about it. Um, how did you find it was received? Interesting, man. Good question. I feel like that album... Like, it opened us up to a new crowd in terms of, like, the festival crowd. Yeah. Like, EDM cats and, yeah. like, that kind of vibe. But I feel like it lost, uh, like, hip-hop heads mm. or fools from the town. Yeah. You know, where we stay. Because uh, it was too... It was, it too, was a little it was too, too... esoteric? Was it too... I, you know, man... Was it, it not black enough? Because honestly, that's, I ain't going to lie to you, man. I always hear this with, 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 and I'm sure black martial artists, you know, like, all right, look, I'm just going to keep it one thrillion, bruh. I am obsessed with Miyamoto Musashi, the swordsman. Okay. Right? I'm obsessed with, like, samurai culture. Yeah. I read it all the time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I read crazy books on Taoism. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. The hard to buy up under the, yeah. you know, in a pile of books up under there. Like, they don't even know what this is. And right, you, like, right, run right, off right, with right, it right. and giggle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like sometimes when you are African-American, it probably happens when you're white, too, to be honest. Once you start getting in, sometimes when you start talking about it because it because it comes comfortable to you and it's, like, kind of your part of your natural yeah. essence... Right? That, like, you lose black people sometimes. Like, I actually had somebody tell me just, like, a few weeks ago that, like, well, you know, RZA, because he's, he's, he's too far into uh, the Shaolin psychologies and he's too far. So sometimes, you know, black people aren't feeling him. But I'm like, I... I'm not sure I agree with that. I thought that was weird. I thought, I mean, I thought that was really strange. It is weird, but I feel like it does point to a a, a truth in within our community. It's like my my idea about it is that society broadcasts a a box for black people to fit into, right? 
and we perpetuate that and a lot. many of us succumb to that programming right and it's like you know you play these sports you play football basketball right not even baseball no more right uh and then you know you sell dope right or you rap make music right or you're a stripper right or you know these are the i would say pimp or you, you know just grind at the bottom with no yeah, hope or you just a broke ass person yeah these are like the basically the broadcast ideas of what you know blackness is. And if you are, if you do get up on top and you end up on like you know like Real Housewives of Atlanta, right, and stuff like that, you're kind of like you're successful. You got money, but you still echo the same materialistic, you know, like I, I'm all about the money, the Benjis, and you right. know what I'm saying. Like right. it's a, this is a certain mode that we're in, and when you break out of that, like yeah, I feel like. The blackness is questioned, but see, to me, it has nothing to do with blackness. It has to do with social programming and the limitation of who we are as a people, like and who me, they're choosing to be. Like, yeah, you know, and and I feel like society enjoys seeing us this way. It's the same as like when I listen to the radio, like when I ride around with my son, my my woman, she won't play. Came here, you her. can't. Because of the topics, right? But she listens to Live 105. And I tripped off. I was like, why are you playing all this alternative music? Like, it's cool. Some of it's cool. Right. And she was like, look, like, these fools are singing about life and reflecting on their emotional state. Yep. And then, like, when you turn on KML, it's all about bitches, breezes, yep. sex, money, guns, Dope. violence. And it's like, it's interesting to see that because this is the promoted vision of who, what it is to be black. Dude. And, and the vision of whiteness is... Anything, yeah. You feel me? That's so, hella deep, and that's why when when somebody says something like the RZA comment, yeah, it it hits that same point to me. Like, well, your vision of who you are is it's so limited, it's stifled. Bro. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. I mean, one of the things that you know you mentioned that like one day my son when he was fourteen, we were driving around, and I normally have CDs. Cassettes, MP3, something's playing, right? Because yeah. I don't like the radio in general. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I, if I listen to the radio, everything in my car is broken. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so, the radio was on, and he said, "Hey, Dad." I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "How come all the music on the radio usually is about being at strip clubs?" Like, he asked me this. Yeah. My son ain't never been to no strip club. Right. He, you know what I'm saying? But you get like, it. if he hears it so much that he wonders I mean that's horrible and that tells you the kind of programming that a lot of young boys and girls are getting and how this impacts them again maybe for lots of young white kids or Asian kids or whatever it can be just music but if you have a black daughter or if you have a black son it can be the the beginning of a lifestyle choice. Well, it's like this. That, that can destroy your family. What, yeah. What I've done is like, you know, turn off the volume on the TV. I don't even have TV anymore, but what I've done before, turn off the volume on the TV and just flip through the channels, right? Mm-hmm. And I just look at the images. Mm. And then you see how many channels are white people. Right. Which is most. 95%. Right. <laughs> and then you see the images of black people that come on and you see what they are. Mm. Then you see the images, if there are any Asians... And usually there's like two right. Latino channels because we're in California, right. or whatever. But you get to see like the, the perpetuated mm. ideals of, of the, the society. Yeah. Just constantly. And like you said, like, how many black people do we have that like are successful in, the, in, in, a, in a media way where like we all see them? Where are, where, where are they and what are they doing? Like outside of actors, Oprah, and musicians, 
in athletes, are there any doctors, lawyers? Dude, I, I can't name you. It's any, so real. Any you know, like doctors, black doctors, lawyers. Yeah. I mean, I, I know a few in my personal life. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like on a level, or even like, you know, a, a role that where Denzel was a lawyer or a doctor. Right, right. The Philadelphia or whatever. Right. I just can't. I mean, there's not that many things. Yeah, he was a lawyer in Philadelphia and then he was a doctor in, um, oh my God, what was that? There was some, or was he in Hill Street Blues? I don't even remember anymore. I don't don't know if he was in. No, he wasn't in Hill Street Blues. Oh, it was because Howie Mandel and him were doctors in that one early hospital show. It was him and Howie Mandel. Yeah, it's way back. It, I, yeah, I'm, I'm older than you, bro, so you might not remember it. But that's when that's that was my first introduction to Denzel Washington at all. He played a doctor. Yeah. But I mean, like again, but that's the point. Like the fact that we're saying how long ago was it? But we all remember Training Day is part of the point. Or, or you see, like what Scandal? You know what I mean? Right. Like where she's the side piece. She's like on a high. Right. She's like very successful, but she's really just a side piece to the yep. white dude. Exactly. I'm just saying like, you start to see like, I do love Scandal. I can't lie. I've never watched it. <laughs> when I saw it, when I saw that she was like the side and I was like, I'm cool. <laughs> Carrie Washington, I'm good on this one. Like she's a dope actress and all Yeah. That. He was like, I can't watch this one. But it's just a subtle, like consistently like, yeah, this is your role in society, and this is the problem. Entertain us, dude, you know and this is at so your own detriment. Though. At detriment. Your detriment, entertain us to your own detriment. Yeah. That's the problem I have with it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and we jump in that box and say, "Oh, you ain't black enough. You ain't yeah. you ain't a real nigga." Yeah, you know what I'm saying that's the point I have a problem with because it's like to be a real nigga is to not theoretically be about shit, right? And it means that you don't know who you are. It's not about the dude who takes care of his kids. Yeah, and, man. And the, the family that's happy. Yeah. Chilling together. Because when, you know, I don't even want to bring this up kind of because it's, it's, it's in an awkward light right now. But when they sold the Cosby show to the 80s. Yeah. They said they tried to sell that show so many times. Everybody said it was unrealistic because nobody would believe a middle class black family existed. And I was in a middle class black family at that time. You feel me? So when, when Cosby came out. All my homies used to call me Theo, dog. Everybody who didn't grow up near me, they was they was like, "What's up, Theo?" I was like, "Damn," because my dad was like hella mellow and shit. Right. The moms would be like, "Hey, kids," and they'd be like, "Damn, you grew up. You 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 got a Cosby house up in here." I was like, "That's what Cas man is San Bruno, bro." I seen Cas call us that online. Cosby yeah, kids. We yeah, just, when we did "Don't Lose Your Head," they were like, "Ah, oh, yeah, this this song is cool. It's turfy, but." Y'all some just some Cosby kids, man. Just fall back in your lane. You know? You're like, what? Like, whatever that means. Yeah. I didn't really take offense, but I was like, I knew it was a black person who wrote right, it. Right, exactly. Just from the tone. And yeah. I was like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't carry a gun, and I'm not going to, like... I'm not willing to clap not, people not, at I'm will. Not, I'm not all about the streets. Like, I want to speak to the streets, but I'm not going to glorify the shit, because it's fucked up for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm not glorifying some shit that my ancestors bled to get me out of. You feel me? Like... When I think about the shit that I say that again, I'm not going to glorify the shit that our ancestors died and bled to get us out of. Because when I listen to the radio and I listen to certain things that are being said about like our women and even about our own self-respect, I think about all the hundreds of years our ancestors toiled and were raped and murdered. Oh my God! Manipulated, exploited, and now that we have a degree of freedom. 
what we're doing with it. We're choosing it, to just, it's, yeah. It, it's disturbing, man. Yeah. Especially when you have children. You feel me? It's horrifying when you have children. I mean, one of the main reasons I don't listen to the mainstream radio at all. I'm talking about Cameo, 90, whatever. None of it, bruh. Because of my daughter, man. Yeah. I cannot allow her to listen to this. She's 13 right now. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And the cold part is, the, the hilarious part is, you know, like there's a couple of these like, Young white boy groups called like R5 and some other stuff. Right, yes. And so my daughter's like, I like One Direction, Dad. And I'm just like wanting to like commit seppuku right in the living room. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But but she can like R5 or you want her to like Lil Wayne? You want her to like Tyga or you want her to like One Direction? Man, you better turn that R5 up, bruh. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't care. It's it's a strange place to be because you look at like. Even and then I'm like, but what happened to New Edition though? See, the, see, that's what I'm saying. Well, what happened to New Edition? What happened to another bad creation? What happened to Belle Biv DeVoe? You know what I'm saying? Even go like, further, man, like, come on, bro. What, what happened? What happened to like Curtis Mayfield? Man, James Brown. I mean, I know this is old school. You know what I'm yep. saying? But even when I was a kid, that was old school. Yep. I'm just saying the mentality. And I'm not talking about the music per se. I'm just talking about the mentality behind what's created. Behind the music, because yeah. they've co-opted. Everything that we've done, like, it's been co-opted to just be strictly about the money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you do this, we will award you. Holly Berry, if you get in Monsters Ball and get... You're good. And get fucked like a savage. Right. We'll give you an Oscar. That blew my mind. To this day. Denzel, be the corrupt cop, the evil evil cop. We'll reward that. But we're not even going to acknowledge Malcolm X. Right. Or, Or glory. Or glory, which was... No, I think he got best supporting on that one. Nah, bruh, he didn't get enough love. I don't care. Even I if he got he it. Got it. <laughs> I think on Glory, he might Even if he it. got it, I'm still hating. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm just But saying. you know what I'm saying? Like, Malcolm it's X crazy. was out of control how he owned that role. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And, and Jamie got it for uh, Ray. Yeah. It's the same level. You feel me? Uh, yeah. Denzel doing Malcolm X. It's the same exact level. But see, Ray Charles is a less intimidating figure. Right. Because he doesn't represent he's a, a threat. Musician. Right. And he's making songs that people, oh, yeah, I like that song. Whereas Malcolm X was an idealist and a visionary and had ideas about the way things should be. And was changing how black people saw themselves and how white people were forced to change how they traditionally saw black men, how they think, what they want. Which I feel like is coming back. Yeah. I feel like it's it's not here yet, but it's coming. Because the way shit has been this last year, man, and like... You can't deny how fucked up it is, and it's even worse when I hear cats like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Young Fuck is, is he has some shit that I, I, I like. I can admit that. Right. But when you ask this dude about Ferguson, and he says, oh, we don't care about that. We just leave that to them laws and stuff. We out here popping bottles, blah, blah, blah. It makes my stomach turn. You feel me? Because it's like, you don't care about your people? At all, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like you're that you're that wealthy. You're but, not. You're a nigga, though, bro. Like, and it comes down to it, you'll get served up. like tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, look at Bobby Schmurter, bro. The funniest Sad, thing baby. in life to me is Sad. when they drug him up out the spot. You remember how his face looked? He had that little womp womp. <laughs> but because no, you I'm gonna know tell what? you why. Okay, I'm gonna tell you why it's funny, and then I'm gonna tell you why it's sad. It's funny to me because. 
I still can't believe that rappers fall for the myth of themselves when they do this. I'm like, bro, you didn't see this coming? I dig it. I thought you were street, bro. Come it. on, bro. Listen. Uh, Everybody uh, falls in line when it comes to that dollar bill, though. You know what I'm saying? saying? And, like, I saw his face, and I was just like, you cannot be shocked. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be shocked, Bobby Schmurter, bro, bro, bro. But he was, clearly. And I see photos of him around all his partners. And you already know what happened. One of his boys got popped for something. And the cop was like, look, we fixing to take you down for real? Or you give us somebody that matters? I'll give you Bobby Schmurter. But wiretaps. All this other stuff. Been watching him for hella long. Somebody did him all wrong. And the thing is, it's like these rap cats kill me with this. And so... I ultimately know it's yet another black music tragedy. But the fact that so many artists, there's always a dude who still thinks he's really the rap godfather at age 17 and everybody's going to bow down to him. It blows my mind. I hear you, man. It, to me, it's just a sad case of like, like you're saying, man, it's that, it's that confusion, man. Like, you're going to, when I first heard the song, I was like, Damn, it's the hook is hot. Like, there is no hook. And, but the main thing is, I'm a hot nigga. Yeah. But then he's talking about how he's killing everybody. Right. Run up on my crew, you you, you right. die. Right. And I was tripping off that. Alone, just that. Right. And I was like, okay, the beat is dope. The flow was decent. I was, I was like, it sounded like some Chief Keef shit. Right. All right, whatever. And then the song blew up. And then I'm seeing this cat online like, yo, fuck this shit. Niggas ain't paying me at the show, man. I'm going back to the trap. And I'm like, bro, your song just came out. Three weeks ago, <laughs> a month ago, exactly. And then he gets popped, and then my girl's little sister's singing it, and she's a smart girl, right? But I'm like, yo, why are you singing these lyrics? Do you know what he's talking about? Yeah, but I like the song, and that's where it's fucked up. Yeah, because there's like a, it's this is a a, a young man with a life, man. He has um. a family, and his song he's saying, what he say? I've been selling crack since the fifth grade. My dad went to jail. He's telling the story of the of the average black male. Damn. And, and his experience is probably that of the average black male. Like, I don't know how many in four black males go to jail, but I think it's got to be three out of four. <laughs> you know what? You know what one of the next podcasts is going to be? How I've stayed out of jail. It's going to be, it's really, it's going to be like how to be a black man in North America and not have a record. It's crazy, man. And so when I see this, I, it, yeah, his coming out, his face was full. But when I see it, I see, like, the narrative of the struggle of a young black man. Like, you get that little carrot of success dangled in front of you. And then the New York police, I know they're drooling, like, Bobby Schmurda. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. got your ass. Yeah. Because, first of all, in the song, from what I heard, like, he's naming hella drug dealers. Doing a lot of dry snitching. No, well, he's, he's just bigging up a lot yeah, of drug dealers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like some street shit. So I'm knowing, like, these cats are like, oh, okay. We got another rap star. Yeah. He's dirty. It's not Jay-Z, a motherfucker who can navigate that world and, like, is smart enough. Right. To not. And has the money power and the mind power. Now, yeah. Definitely had the money. Definitely had the mind power from the jump. Yeah. But now has the money power. Right. To, uh, to, to crush all of that. Himself. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Schmurda is not. He's wrong. He's yeah, just he's too young. off the block. Yeah. It's it's kind of sad for me to see that, man, because it's like this dude had dreams like anybody else. And now you're in jail, man, because you did too fucking much. Way too much, bruh. 
You know what I'm saying? It is whack. It is whack. But like, I'm just like, it just, it still, it blows my mind that cats are into that. But now, hold up though. So, tell me about like what training in Tai Chi has done for you. Really, right now, man, like, I, I can't really not train. Right. My body feels really bad if I don't train, which is crazy. Mine too. That's what happened with me in yoga. Man, look, the other week, bro, I, I normally, I did yoga, Hatha yoga for a lot of years, mm-hmm. okay? Because of jujitsu. I saw the movie Choke on Hicks and Gracie. He was doing some crazy breathing and meditating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I got to get into some yoga. So then I got into yoga and it really like cracked open a new part of my brain, a new part of my spirit. Mm. And I never, ever really let it go. There are levels where I go deeper and yeah, not, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Sure. But I'm always kind of doing it. After I got injured, I stopped doing it all together for a while. Yeah. Then I went ahead. I actually had to do yoga to get my knees back right after they yeah. got injured. Yeah. Then after that, I got comfortable with them being right and stopped. And yeah, I had to I start again. Yeah. Oh, my God, bro. Remember blood sport when they pulled the dude's yeah, legs yeah, apart? Yeah. That's how every position felt. Every position felt like that. <laughs> Everyone. I, I used to be chilling like, it's now I will do the lotus position. Right. Ah. Right. Bro, last week I was like, now we will do the lotus yeah. position. <laughs> and that's the thing. You you know know but see, that's the thing that I love about the, the arts is that it's, you know, Tai Chi was developed by... Taoist monks in the mountains of China yeah. seeking the secrets of everlasting life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yoga is the same thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's really about your spiritual development. Yeah. So, like, when I practice and, and my my legs feel better, my knees don't hurt. Really, I do it for my knees. Mm-hmm. And I feel strong. And then I go do some another kind of workout and my body gets tight or sore. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, I'm just going to go back to Tai Chi. Yeah. I go back to Tai Chi and I just feel better. My mind is clear. I'm calm. I'm more creative. I can feel the chi. I can ask, literally, I can feel the energy in my hands and moving in my body. You know, it's not like a wave or rush right, right, right. water, but I can feel the energy and I can feel it when I interact with people. Mm. It's just, it's a spiritual the level of awareness, so, man. It's an awareness thing. Yeah. So that's why it's like, I'm not just working on my physical body. I'm working on all aspects of who I am myself in terms of like just really just being a good right now in my life, being a good, the best father I can be. Tai Chi helps me do that. So I don't know to not work on myself in that way. Like I used to meditate a lot. Now I meditate once in a while and the the Qigong and the Tai Chi has become like a source of meditation for me. Because we're just sitting there, you know, standing pose. Yeah. Hold the ball. Just right. Sit there for however long. Right. Clear your mind and just breathe. Right. That is, you know, I can't, I couldn't trade that for anything else. There's no other place I get that same thing in my life right now. I feel the same way. Like, for me, for me, like, when I'm on an optimal level, I'm doing jujitsu twice a week. Yeah. I'm playing chess at least for 10, 15 minutes a day. Right. And I'm doing yoga for an hour. If I'm in that zone, bruh, I am hard to fade. I mean, mentally, physically, spiritually, I'm on point. You know what I mean? And um, and obviously, you know, prayer and meditation are are part of that cycle. You know what I'm saying? Meditation has become more and more huge to me. Prayer always has been. I feel like those are like basically the same coin. It's like a heads and tails kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying? but I mean, but I love it though. I love all of it though. The, the the deal though too is that what I'm finding is that 
is that you know yoga now is necessary mm-hmm. so like the other day like i stopped like i i didn't do yoga I, my, my deal was to make sure i did yoga five days a week for no less than 45 minutes yeah. that was my thing i can go over 45 minutes yeah. i mean but i can't go At under least. you know what i mean yeah. but i can't go under so for the last two days i slipped so then I got up this morning and I was like, I was like, please, God, don't, don't, don't let this hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because I just got back to the game and I went there and it was cool. Mm. I was like, oh, my God. So then I did like a super session. You know what I mean? Where I was like, let me get all of this stretch all the way in. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, no, if, if, it feels great, man. It feels great. You know, I do Hatha yoga, which is just the super basic yeah. yoga, yeah. you know, breathing and stretching. Combining your movement with your breath. Like, I know a lot of other people do tons of other forms of yoga, like the hot box yoga and yeah. all of that, right? But ashtanga. you know what? Yeah, ashtanga. And I've done a little ashtanga. Like, I've been to a class or two. Let me tell you what I think. And for the record, my wife loves Bikram yoga. Mm-hmm. Like, she's done it. She loves Bikram yoga. I'm going to tell you how I feel. Now, I'm talking as someone that does yoga in America, Right, and I know that sounds corny, but then you'll understand what I'm saying. Like, yoga is a very beautiful, simple way to coordinate your muscles and your body and your brain, right? Mm. Low stress, right? Mm. Coordinate your breathing. And I feel like these days, because yoga makes a lot of money, mm-hmm. people have all. I don't. I don't, I, I don't want. I don't want to say that like. Bikram yoga isn't natural because I don't know yoga history like that. Maybe it is. Maybe cats used to hot box while they sat in lotus position. I don't know. But I see a lot of people getting hurt more in yoga. Hurt in yoga? Yeah. That's weird. That's not normal. You go to yoga because you're hurt. Yeah. You're not supposed to get hurt in yoga. Yeah. But what I feel is happening are people, are there athletic elements to yoga? Yes. But that doesn't, but people try to athleticize yoga. More than it's supposed to be. And the next thing you know, somebody's back hurt. Right? Or they try to like do unnecessary kinds of stretches or uncoordinated. You know what I'm saying? And and there are all these other kind of ailments and and things like that. And I just think that like I'm a traditionalist dude. And like I'm always going to do Hatha yoga. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I hate to see yoga like become something that injures people just because some cat figured like. If you do this, it's just like a push-up. Look, when it's time to strength train, go strength train. Yeah. When it's time to, you know what I'm saying, get your cardio, get your cardio. But when it's time to let your joints relax, release, and heal, that's when you're supposed to do yoga. I just think it's weird when, when people try to, try to make yoga do things that I'm not sure it was built to do. I think feel like they're trying to take yoga out of its natural self sometimes. But, you know, yoga, yeah, like you're saying, like, yoga also embodies, like, mantra, yeah, meditation. That's like, true. It's a whole lifestyle. People here in the West, we think of it as, like, the stretching. Yep, that's, that's true. That's one aspect of that's it. That's the entry to the meditation. You got to yeah. do all that to be ready to actually meditate. Yeah, so it's... I, I, I love yoga. I don't really practice that much. Yeah. I kind of do. I, I do stretching a lot. Yeah. We stretch a lot in Tai Chi and Kung Fu classes. Right. But, like, I know at a certain point, it's going to just be only Tai Chi and probably just yoga. Like, as I get older. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really, like, you know, the self-development part. Because, like, when you try to turn it into, like, physical. Yeah. This is my workout. It's a little different mentality than, like, I'm working on myself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. 
outside of just being physical. Yeah. Like, it's not like doing pull-ups. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's a different mentality that it comes with it, though. And my pops used to be like that. Like, I'd be like, man, I really love yoga. And my dad would be like, yeah, but guys who do yoga, they don't have that look. And you know, like, he's like a, you know, an OG who, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, was drafted in Nam. So he knows that, that look. And it's like, but I'm like, but that's not the purpose of yoga. Like, yeah. you know, you do yoga whether you have that look or not. You know what I mean? Other things get you that look. You know what's what I'm saying? Look, what is but that? like, you know, that lean, tough. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I don't think you're going to get, like, you may burn some calories doing yoga, but I'm not sure that, like, yoga was meant to burn rapid amounts of calories. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't think so. So that's why I feel like the hot box and everything is like kind of unnatural. So I just kind of, but I'm weird like that. Like I'm a, I'm a really traditionalist dude. Like I'm a Muslim dude, a Sunni Muslim, just traditional, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, like sometimes I read some Sufi stuff. Sometimes I read some, you know what I'm saying? But like, I'm not like, you can't really put my stuff into a box. I just try to be a little more traditional. I'm always about the the tradition. When it comes to jujitsu, I do it in the gi. You know what I mean? It's not that I won't do no gi, and sometimes I do no gi, you know, for fun or whatever. But 99 times out of 100, you're going to catch me with a gi on time, my belt, and right, I'll right, see right. you on the mat. I you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just a traditional dude. So, like, <laughs> when I see people hotbox the yoga and try to turn it into an athletic endeavor, like, it just seems bizarre. And I hate to see that happen to everything. Yeah. You know, it's not just yoga. It's everything, man. Like, but I think I think you're talking about kind of like almost the ego. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you athleticize something like that, it's like, I don't know. Like, when you meditate and you, like, I remember when I first started meditating. And I'd be sitting next to other cats meditating. Yeah. And they'd be like, dude, they do some weird shit. <laughs> and my mind would be like, damn, that motherfucker got to be deep meditation because he's doing some bugged out shit right now. And my ego. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm competing. Right. It's the same as like the yoga. Like, that's you're true stretching. Too. I'm gonna stretch deeper and ah, yeah, yeah. Because somebody else can do it. You think you're supposed to be able to do it? That's just that ego, man. Man. That's, but that's what these arts are designed to take away too. It's like the yoga, release that. Yeah. The tai Chi, the meditation, even just you know what I'm saying. For me, writing music. Yeah. Stuff like that with yourself and yeah. just the inner process. It's to really get away from that, but it's just hard because in this culture, this society, man, it's like it's all about the ego. Yeah, it's true. And that's funny because I remember when I first started doing yoga, I always thought that I was flexible until I went to my yoga class. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then the guy, like, like, and it was funny. I, I can't swear that he said this because of me, right? But I was, like, trying to fold my legs all up, and it was not happening. And there were probably, I mean, there was 20 other people in the room, so I can't say that he was right. saying it because of me. But, it hit but, you but like he it said, but he said, yeah, he said, all right, look. <laughs> he was like, you know. When you're doing yoga, like wherever you are at is okay. Mm-hmm. He was like, if you try to super stretch, you're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to pop something. You're going to tear something. Mm-hmm. He was like, be okay with wherever your limit is. And that changed me forever. Mm. 
Like it changed me forever. Every time I stretch, when I feel the real limit, and you know within yourself, you know it, yeah. like you know, like you can be like, "Ooh, that feels kind of bad," or "No, this is cool." You know what I mean? It's uncomfortable, but it's this ain't hurting you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to like, "Oh, oh, there goes the knee." Whatever. Like that's totally different. But like, yeah. I never hurt myself in yoga after that, man. I never forced myself, and I would, and and I would really mentally be at peace with wherever the position was. And when you get used to just being at peace where that position is, two or three weeks later, you're beyond it. And yeah, then beyond yeah. that. And you then beyond that. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're doing something that to you is like, oh, man, I just found my limit. And someone walks by and is like, damn, look at your leg. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. But see, that's what happens. You get that feedback, that confirmation when you let that go. Right. You let go having to prove to yourself how, how you flexible you can be. Then other people all of a sudden be like, wow, that's good. And then at that point, you're just like, oh, thank you. I'm yeah. Just, I'm just stretching. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because you know that that curve and that pathway to get there mm-hmm. is you going through all that, man. Because, like, last night, I'm at, I'm at a Kung Fu and Tai Chi class, and my back is messed up. But mm-hmm. my son just started. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I got to kind of train with him. Right. Keep just him. so he feels yeah, like feels I'm comfortable. with him. It's right. his second class. So I'm training, and my back is like, dude. Tightening up. starting to trip. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to chill, sit on the side, and just post up. When before, back in the day, when I first started, I was like, no, I can do it. The rest of the class will do it. I got to do it. I'm going to do it. Ah! Just be on the back. The rest of the class, like, exactly. I'm all right. We good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like, I'd, I'd rather be able to train this weekend and next week and just gradually go back to where I was at and go past that later than try to force myself into, you know what I'm saying? Just... Trying to be something I'm not in that moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, it's, it's true. Okay. And and it's funny, too, because um, I feel it's very true in jiu-jitsu, too. It's like jiu-jitsu mm. teaches you your limit. Like everything about – I'm going to tell you, man. Jiu-jitsu is the difference between for sure – and I think all martial arts really. But for me, jiu-jitsu is like everything that really defines what you think you're capable of and the actual limit. Yeah. Oh, I can do that choke. You can. Right, and then some dudes on top of you, really trying to fucking smash, and you're like, "I can't," or "I really can." Right. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, and like, I, I'm finding more and more that whether it's jujitsu, chess, uh, 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 meditation, prayer, reading, you know, uh, 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 ancient scrolls of Kemet, reading Taoist. Reading, reading ancient Sufi stuff, reading uh, purification of the heart, purification of the soul, right? Um, dude, listening to Tibetan bowls. I don't know if you ever listened to I Tibetan I bowls. Like Bruh, I will zone out. I will be pieced yeah. to some Tibetan bowls. Go on YouTube if you ain't up. Um, Singing bowls. What? Yeah. Tibetan bowls is like the next level. And binaural beats. You know what I'm saying? Like like the binaural beats. So if you put in binaural beats, B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L, yeah. right? Beats, right? These are beats. These are like tones like data, delta, theta, delta, gamma settings, yeah. right? And you put on, yeah, and you put on like, don't put in like earbuds. Put on like beats type, you know, like cover your ear. Bruh, or just like have them on in the room for real and get your meditation on. I have checked out. You understand what I'm mm. saying? Meditating that way. And I love it, but I mean, like, I am more and more attracted to anything that will un 
like with no kind of reservation, show me my limit. Mm. Because I think through yoga, I became okay. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, there was a time where I would have not been okay. Like, hey, put put two uh, 45s on the on the uh, on the rack. Nah, bruh. Right. Let's up that. Right. Now, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, now I might be like, uh, 45s. My chest is kind of whack right now. We gonna we gonna turn that down. Like, I would have never turned down before. I would have been like, I'm gonna be up under this bar, bruh, throwing these weights. It's almost you know? like it's almost like putting a limit though. Makes you limitless. Yeah, in a way, they kind of work together because mean. it's like you stop yourself and you're patient with yourself, and that gives you room to grow, continue to grow rather than like I have to be this thing that I envision myself to be right now. And maybe you're just not that, or maybe you are that, and you just need to chill. Yeah, but by trying, <laughs> exactly. to, by trying to force it, you know what I'm saying? And I think like in general, man, that that's like good for us, like community wise, man. Cause yeah, like, we're always trying to get that bread right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fast money. Fast Skrilla. Sex right now. Everything yeah. got to be right now. It's Food right now. When that patience gives you that depth to be like, nah, I can see the broader picture. I can sit back and look at yep. the whole forest instead of just the trees individually. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It gives you that potential. Or to just the tree them. in front of me. Right. Right. Now, real quick, you just because uh, you brought it up, what's your diet like in general? Or what's your diet like when you're eating the best way that works for you? Uh, good question, man. Uh, I would say I, I don't eat pork. I don't eat beef. I do once in a while if I'm at like the family's house. And yeah, some rib. I might have a rib. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but because you got that cousin, he lying, <laughs> right? <laughs> but in general, I heard you on Bishop Chronicles, <laughs> bro. <laughs> And you know damn well when Big Mama brought them ribs out, you had some. Ah, <laughs> uh, nah. But for real, like, I mostly eat, uh, I eat chicken and fish. Yep. I eat a lot of vegetables. I always, you know, I try to be a good role model for my son. So yeah. I always eat greens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I try to, like, even right now, like, I'm trying to, like, slim down a little bit. Yeah. So I'm trying to, like, cut down on so much carbs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm in the same place. I was a vegan for nine years. That's unbelievable. I've never made it to vegan. It's crazy. You know why? It's not. I'm going to tell you the truth. It's never, ever been because I didn't want to or I thought, bruh, if I, I've never found a way to get enough protein That's the hard to part. keep me from getting migraines, bruh. If I don't yeah. get protein, yeah. I will get a migraine. And like, I have, <laughs> my migraines are funny. Like, they kind of tap me on the shoulder like, you know I'm about to break you down, right? You better go get something. And then if. I can't. Yeah. If I don't, my brain will be like, all right. He wants to shut it down, fellas. Hit the switch. Boom. Yeah. And I will be through. Yeah. Like non-functional through. And so, like, you know, the last few years, I've tried to really get vegan. And um, don't force I, am that not, I am not finding it. Don't, don't force you know? that, though, man. Because even for me, like, when I was a vegan, I was always tired. Yeah. And then I went to my acupuncture. She was like, uh... You need to eat more protein. I was like, why do you say that? She's like, because a lot of asthmatics come to see me and they're vegetarian or vegan and you need to rebuild your lung muscle, like your lung mm. cells, your structure. And I was like, damn. As soon as I started eating meat again, I was like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Just had like a renew. Yeah. But it was a trip because when I first went vegan, I felt the same thing. Interesting. It was like I felt a surge of energy. And when I got back on meat, I felt a surge of energy. So nowadays, like, I kind of like, 
You do like you yesterday. Eat. I, I ate basically vegetarian all day, just right? Not really on purpose, right? But I was looking at the food. I was like, I just feel like eating vegetables. So I just did that yesterday. Yep. So after this, I'm probably gonna go home and eat some chicken or some yep. fish. You know what I'm saying? I just go with my body, but really, unless Big Mama calls. Yeah, <laughs> we might swing by Big Mama. House. I'm not for real. I'm being serious. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, nah, but like really though, I try to just like balance it out with like you know I don't I try to stay away from the dairy. I eat pizza once in a while. My son wants it, but I try not. Like, to I'm go a too cheeseaholic hard. fool. I, I go ham on cheese. Bro. I try not to go too hard on the cheese. What the cheese show up for me? Really? Oh, I feel it. I not get, me. I get the mucus and no. I just get like you know what's funny? I've always I don't know. You know how like. <laughs> like remember when they did We Are the World and they brought the milk over to East Africa and then all the kids who got it were like dairy they're lactose intolerant oh, so they did everything for nothing <laughs> nobody ever talks about that <laughs> when We Are the World happened yeah because they, they never thought about what the African diet was like so they, we got hella milk for y'all they were like <laughs> Oh man, what you guys? You, know, you, know you guys trying to kill us? <laughs> you know you're supposed to put that with uh, how to eat to live. You're yeah, supposed to drink milk supposedly. Like yeah, unless it's human milk. Yeah, or goat milk. Yeah, like say is the best. Yeah, but see, I I'm not my my thing is like I'm not a milk person. I only drink milk to destroy cereal. I like so almond, if I got like milk, some bro. almond milk almond is cracking. I do like almond milk. Um, I don't like soy milk that much. It's okay. It's all right. I do like regular milk, but again, only for the sake of cereal. Like, I don't go like, man, I need a cup of milk right now. No, I never I, do I that. I was never like that. I never do that. I, I was that kid like them African kids back in the day. Like, <laughs> I see the commercial on TV. Yeah. Like, Drink milk. Oh, okay. Hit the refrigerator, pour a glass, guzzle, and be like, <laughs> that was me. I just never, unless it was chocolate milk I could deal with. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. I don't know. It's cracking, bro. Um, but, like, my, my diet, when it's optimal, and it's not right now. Is um, I mean I don't eat pork because I'm Muslim. I yeah. I haven't had a piece of pork in hella long. And then the the, the crazy part is like sometimes like <laughs> like friends or family who don't trip will dose you accidentally with some pork. And the thing is, is like so you'll buy it and you'll be like, oh, I'm, like if I swallow pork, I get sick for real. I, I've met people like that, and it's weird. I'm, I'm not one of them. Yeah, if dude, if I. Because, like, one time there was this Japanese lady who made some food and there was some some swine in it. And, like, I had taken, like, two bites, but it was, like, super grainy. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I was like, this is that pork? And then somebody said, hey, Deesh, man, it's got pork in it. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know. And I was like, ah, don't worry about it. Because I knew, you know. Yeah. She literally was not tripping when she made it. And she didn't yeah. recognize that I don't get down like that. And, uh, bruh, like, my stomach was like, oh. Like and not that much in my system, it will mess me up. Really, um, I'm starting to get that way with beef. Where I, like I, I juice a lot, I juice a lot. Yeah, and so a lot of times I'll take like kale um, or Swiss chard and I'll juice it with like three apples and a lemon and like a piece of ginger about as big as your thumb. Yeah, but that is like crack rock to my body. Yeah. Like I drink that and my body's like, oh word. So what's really going on up in here? And I'll start like trying to throw cars or slap a bear or do something real unnecessary. Like I mean, like it really. There's something about the greens and the uh, good for us, though. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I juice because I'm not always like I will cook spinach. I like to actually saute spinach just with some garlic 
and some olive oil. My wife, because I used to never eat spinach. And then when me and my wife got married, she was like, oh, I'm going to make some spinach. I was like, yeah, I don't eat that. Man, she sauteed that joint up there with some with some pepper and some uh, garlic cloves yeah. up in there, bro. I was like, I've never had this before. But like, I'm 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 prone to a lot of greens. I try to juice, and like my new thing is, no matter how much meat that I eat, this is my thing. No matter no matter how much meat that I eat, it can be fish or chicken, okay, or lamb or whatever, okay. I always eat no less than an equal weight of vegetables. Mm. That is what works for me, mm. ideally, to match the weight of the meat with the vegetables. If I do that, I'm optimal all yeah. day. I feel it. Yeah. Also, man, I got to throw this in there, man. Mm. I don't eat fast food. I don't. Never, bro? I do my best not to ever eat like McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, none of that. I can't. Do I do it, that man. too, but I ain't gonna lie, bro. I I'll can't do that. That's the. That's like to me, I feel the difference. Like when I eat oh, I do too. Real regular food that somebody cooked or like you yeah. Know, oh food. yeah, there's no I doubt. Like that. you can't even compare a hamburger to a steak or like a McDonald's. But just stuff. like my emotional state, it like it changes how I feel, man. Like I can't, I can't eat that. And when I see like. People like when I see these documentaries, like uh, like Super Food Size Inc. Me, and Super Size, and all yeah. this stuff. It's like, dude, you we can't be eating that all the time, man. Well, see, I mean, but see, I think that's the difference is because I don't eat it that often. And like, I'll tell you like this: Let's say I go to like In and Out because I will get a double double with some old extra cheese on it, with some monster style and oh, some fries. No. I'll do that, right? The Bishop Crown. <laughs> but you know what I do after? But you know what I do after? I'll, I'll juice a cantaloupe. I knew you were going to say that. I swear to God, I'll juice a cantaloupe and get some Greek yogurt. Mm. I, it's about balancing the scales, bro. You can't yeah. live like that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, you know, and like, you know, I don't go to uh, uh, in and out enough for them to know me. Like, what's up, Dees, bro? Another double-double, sir? You know? See, I'm like, when I'm on tour, mm-hmm. it's so easy. Cause that's what I can't is. imagine. You're just in between everything. It's everywhere. And, and you're starving like, and you in the middle of nowhere man. or whatever. I've, I've eaten McDonald's in the past, like, yeah. three, four years, but, like, twice. Because Wow. I'm but I won't. But everybody's like, let's. I'm like, I can't do it, man. And I got So, like, if you go to McDonald's, do you just get the fish fillet? Because I know homies that do that. I don't. Like, they'll be like, oh, I'll get the fish bro, fillet. Honestly, I don't even. I, I can't remember the last time I went to McDonald's. If, if anything, I'll go to Subway. That's like my right. default. That's my fastest food is I'll right. go to Subway. Subway ain't got no damn meat, man. Remember yeah, they since they had that Breadwich commercial, bro? I get so mad. And it's not like it's that. True, that's just you be up in there, they put four slices of turkey on there. You'd be like, are you kidding me? I just Subway. went five hours for a Man, they put at least Quiznos this. puts more. I'll mess with some Quiznos. I, I but Quiznos will sauce you up, though. So I, I be careful on their sauces. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? It's just hard, man. Like, yeah. I eat a lot of, like, I'll get almonds at the yeah. gas station and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Trying to be as healthy as possible, but it's my easy new to joint, fall off. Man. My new joint is to make sure I eat breakfast. Breakfast is cracking now. I've been trying to do that. I'm about yogurt and fruit in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm about oatmeal in the morning. Yeah. Um... Or I'm about, I'll take a straight protein in the morning. Like, I'll get up in the morning and just eat a chicken. Like, really? if we, yeah. So I'll destroy a chicken. I can't do that. But again, I have to have, but so let's say like, and I'm not kidding, I will have chicken and an apple. So I'll eat a chicken and I'll eat an apple. 
Meat tastes funny to me in the morning for some reason. Like, my palate is not ready for that yet. For real? I got to eat, like, I do a lot of fruit and maybe, like, you know, I'll even eat, like, crackers or, like, fruit roll-up. But you know what, though? But sometimes yogurt, I, the reason like I do chicken and stuff, I think, is because I know about my protein deficit. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'll eat. The, I'll start the day, like, knowing, like, man, you might not eat until nighttime. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. I'll I'll throw yeah I'll do I'll do eggs, um, or I do egg make yeah egg whites in the carton. I do make shakes a lot though. So what I'll do now I'll is I'll juice. juice. I'll make a juice, Bruh, One of the dopest things on earth is to juice like apples, cantaloupe, pineapple, whatever, and then take it over to the blender, bruh, and do like I just buy frozen fruit. And so I never use ice because I just use frozen strawberries, mm. yogurt, you know. And I made one the other day, bro, with like avocados, bro. Oh, avocado shake is good. Yeah. Smoothie, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've, been, I've been doing avocados with like coconut water and stuff like that. Coconut I, water. Coconut water is my new life, bro. Ever since I discovered coconut I, I, water, I, I don't stop drinking that. that. I deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know which one you like. I rock with Taste Nirvana, C2O. And uh, there's another one called Blue Monkey. Th- those are my favorites. Because what I found is that, like, Vita Coco, no disrespect. Um, a lot of these cats be having, like, seems like they use, like, uh, Brazilian coconuts and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And they're not sweet like the Thai. So, like, Taste Nirvana, C2O, they have Thai coconuts. And that's, like, sweet water. Huh. So, I'd be like, hey. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. I get down with those but like if you see Vita Coco you know how it's like oh cause we uh, you want like coconut pineapple that's cause real straight always like Brazilian coconuts bro they not messing with the Titan coconuts like at all huh I didn't know for that. real yeah for real it's game and there's this other one called Blue Monkey they have Thai coconuts and so I've noticed that so like I like to drink straight coconut water you know what I mean and like I found for myself that like in my family like if my daughter has a fever and I give her coconut water, she gets better it'll go away. I was because not only is she getting the electrolytes, but like, you know, the coconut water is like pH neutral. Yeah, so it's like, like blood plasma. Dude, you yeah. Can like do transfusions with. Yeah, Hallett Gracie water. told me about yeah, that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, like. They're killing me! Hold on a sec. So, you know, um, I'm finding that coconut water for my family is huge. And I'm a big herbalist. Like, you know where Lhasa Karnak is over there on Telegraph? Yeah, 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 for sure. Bruh, I am about my herb game, man. Yeah, me too. I read this book called Back to Eden. I got that. Um, the yellow joint? Yes. Like this um, I got it the yes. Yeah. This old Muslim woman gave me her copy, which looked like the dude's original copy. <laughs> it, was so, it was so old. <laughs> that book is tight, though, man. Looked like he wrote it and gave it to her, and then she held on to it and gave it to me. <laughs> so... <laughs> it was so dope though It really did change my life bro Because the thing about that book Is that it doesn't just tell you to eat vegetables It doesn't just tell you to eat fruits It'll tell you Lemons are good for these Specific afflictions Kale is good for these afflictions Pears are good for yeah. And like that is the difference Between all of that BS Like uh, snake oil uh, uh, Natural living And like really Understanding what's in the earth and how to use it in your body, to heal, like yeah. for real, man. Yeah. Like, man, you just gotta eat clean, bro. 
Like, no, man, this cat needs more magnesium. So we got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, my wife had some iron deficiencies. So then I went in there and it had squash and all. You know, now I know everything that's got iron so I can, like, you when know what I'm saying? When you that, though, magnesium, I tripped out because I was reading something about magnesium yesterday and it was yeah. like, all these uh, like supplements that are like you need calcium, calcium, mm-hmm, calcium. Mm-hmm. People take so much calcium that a lot of us are magnesium deficient. Interesting, because they work together, right? They balance each other. And if you take like too many uh, like vitamin D, mm-hmm. you'll be vitamin D toxic, which takes Dude. away your magnesium. But what magnesium does, it relaxes your muscles. So right now, the only reason I know is to my hamstrings been real tight. Right. So the lady I got a massage, she was like, "You need to take some magnesium oil." I was like, "What's that?" So I started researching it, and I was like, oh, this is a trip, because I fell into the pattern, you know what I'm saying, of Dude, what you were saying. you know what I'm going to do? Check this out. So one of the things that's in Back to Eden, as you probably remember, is a dude was saying, like, you know, you want to consume foods of which you are made of. You know what I mean? Huh. So if, if, you have, if your bones have calcium, then you need calcium, yeah. right? If, if your skin has magnesium, then you need magnesium, right? So you want to have fruits and vegetables that are made of what you're made of. Now, I'm going to go find it, and I'm not going to tell anybody what it is right here because I don't even remember it. I don't want nobody to go try it and get killed, and then I'm getting sued. Sister Chronicle said, eat this, and I died. Um, but, like, there's a, there's a guy who made this breakfast that... Now, this is risky. I ain't going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. And I've done it once, and it, did, it was great, but I still know the risk. So, like, I, I've only did it that one time. It's a breakfast... Made up of a raw egg, yogurt, the juice of an orange, and like some other stuff. And it has, it's basically all of the human constitution. And so I didn't want to do it because of the raw egg. Uh, I was like, man, I don't want to die, man. Like, what if I mess around and drink this egg and be like falling out? Didn't Rocky drink raw eggs though? Yeah, but you know what? He only did that just for, they did that for the movie. Don't don't. That wasn't a real thing, bro. No, I think I saw a thing on Rocky. I swear to God, I thought I saw Sylvester Stallone be like, "We just did that because we were trying to to think of something crazy." Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He got a lot of kids high cholesterol. He didn't even know. (laughs) But like, no, really. So I took the egg. I put it in. I had like some Greek yogurt, but it's a specific amount. So it's like, okay, you need like a tablespoon of yogurt. You need, you know, the juice of X oranges. You need da 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 da, and like. Then you put it in a blender, it's hella good. I ain't gonna lie, it was hella good. Like, even with a raw egg, because all the other things are in it, yeah. like, you don't even taste it. If, if someone gave it to you and didn't say there was an egg in it, you would not know. Right. But I was just like, I don't know if it's cool to be eating a raw egg, though. But I felt great. But I, I, I think that it's about eating, I, you know, I'm trying to do more of that. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to do more of that. So in closing, real quick, what's up? What, what, what's next on the table for you artistically, musically, and uh, and and will there be any more? Will it, is any of your new music influenced by uh, the martial arts? Like, are there songs? Are there lyrics? Is there a video? Because I'm because the, the 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 video for Shadow Boxing was amazing. Yeah, that was hard. Work. It wasn't just a, it wasn't just good. I mean, that was an really? amazing. You, I man. loved it though. Like I'm not kidding, bro. I Sometimes I just throw it up just much, to do right, it, bro. I, I, that was like I, I wrote that off of like old school kung fu flicks. Yeah. Then I found the spot. I had to get the generators. That was Luckily, so homie, dope. Uh, Mike Sato from SAC came and helped film, but like I had to do a lot of. Usually I show up and I yeah. like get in the video and I'm yeah. about this one. I this had to was be, it was intense. I had to like 
do a lot more than I usually do, like produce it. Yeah. Luckily, the kung fu artists were dope. Yeah, they were. Um, they hooked me up with some cats. But uh, new stuff coming out, man. Um, Sun, Moon, and Stars EP at the end of this month. Nice. That's about family. Sun, yeah. Moon, and Stars. I feel Trinity, it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Original uh, man style scene. Yes, I. Boop. <laughs> then uh, we got the, the Rapture Live from Oaklandia, which is a live album coming out. Probably next two months, February or March, somewhere okay. after we get the mix done and the video edited. Nice. Um, there's no songs particularly about martial arts right now, like yeah. defined like that. But I feel like it's always in my lyrics. Like, yeah, so always, it'll, it'll find a way. I throw it in there all the time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I just wrote a rhyme for this dude in Winnipeg, Canada, and I was talking about Bhagwan, like changing hands. I got to hook you and Rizza up, bro, because I'm 99% sure that's, that's his style, up. for real. Crazy. Bug yeah. a trip. Yeah. It's a bug that You know style. what I mean? Hey, shout out to Kung Fu Tai Chi Magazine, Gene Ching, and all the real dudes over there yeah. who, who've been supporting HHCF from day one. Came out to the opening of the HHCF building, for real, for real, and, and just always been on the squad, like for real since day one. You know, and, uh, you know, a lot of love to them cats real quick. What are some of your favorite kung fu movies in closing? Oh, man. Uh, I like the Tai Chi Master. Yeah. Um, I like It Man. It Man was so Man insane. One and two really dope. Yes. Those are newer ones. Like, I got a, like, a lot of old school joints. Yeah. And it kind of trips me out that the newer ones, like, I'm finding that... It's just like better storytelling. It and, is. And even the Kung Fu was way better because of technology now. Yep. Uh, what's the other one I saw recently? Um, I don't know. There's one on, uh, I just saw, not not Journey to the West. That was all right. Grandmaster was tight. Grandmaster actually was kind of dope. Now, here's one critique I have of almost every Kung Fu film on earth. Mm. Why are they so long? These things are long, bro. Like, cats got to start scaling these movies back, man. I'm feeling like these kung fu films are hella long. I was watching Grandmaster, bro, and I was like, man, y'all need to wrap this. That was real dramatic, I, I kept, I kept getting ready to... Remember how you... Uh, what was that Dave Chappelle skit where they start playing the theme? You know what that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but Grandmaster was different because it was, like, very, like, kind of, like, melodramatic. Bruh, they were losing the me. That scene. and House of Flying Daggers, which I also like. House of Flying Daggers, I really didn't like that House much. of Flying Daggers cool. took too damn long. It looked cool, but yeah, it was kind of like... I was like, all right, all right, everybody's in love, people are conflicted, let's get this done, would you? I'm trying to think of joints I like back in the day. The, what about Jet Li's Hero? Hero was dope. Hero was super... Like, Hero was one of them, like... Is that the I one, love that is one. Is that the one where it comes from three different perspectives? Yeah. You yeah. know where, like, they're getting ready to kill the dude. Yeah, cool. And then the dude who's, like, the the wildest is like, nah, let's not kill him. And then everybody's mad and all of that. That was That good. was cool. There's one I like... Uh, what is it called, man? It's the dude... It's the one I wrote shadow boxing up. I forget the name of it, but it's the dude with white hair. And he can move his chi around. And the only way to do can I forget the name. It's the White Lotus? Yeah, Fist of the White Lotus. That's probably my favorite Kung Fu movie. Cause I just like the villain like Dude, I'm gonna go home and watch that. Hey, and if anybody's tripping off of Kung Fu films, like if you're jonesing right now to watch a Kung Fu film, technology has opened the door for you. You can thank me later, player. Go on YouTube, and if you can look up almost any Kung Fu film, and it's up there, bruh, in its entirety. What? Yeah. I mean, you can really just, dude, I'd be zoning out to that joint. I'd be working out. I might be doing yoga, just put a kung fu movie on and just you know what's let bad, it ride, man? bro. I, I watch so many. My girl, like, it's like a running joke at the house now. 
She like, we'll be out just chilling. She be like, oh yeah, because Steve likes to do the kung fu movies late at night. He always watches Asian movies, and he, like she just yeah. talks. She just gets people. at you. Yeah, I'm just like, damn, like I know. You know what I mean? My wife's the same way between that and like old. Old Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition, so it's grainy and the and the crowd's hella loud and it's staticky. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, and she's like, you know, it's three in the morning, right? I'm like, but but the triangle choke was right there, and then he missed it. <laughs> she's like, this is you unnecessary. Gave, you gave me that what 101 submissions? Yeah, I never watched that. What? I'm gonna kick you in the neck right now, just for not. You're gonna you're gonna experience the triangle you didn't watch. <laughs> Oh man, we gotta, we got I gotta, I gotta get some training in with you, though. Man. Yeah, bro, it'll be good, man. It'll be good. Well, man, look, thank you for coming on the Bishop Chronicles. Much love. If cats want to connect game with you, where do they do it? Uh, Instagram Zion I underscore I underscore Crew, Facebook Zion I Crew, Twitter Zion I, Zion I Crew dot com is the website. It's all love, man. Thank you for coming out, man. Appreciate you spending time, and uh, you know, uh, man. Thank you for all the music you've you've given the world. Looking forward to more of it. And uh, man, I, I want to build with you more on Tai Chi and all of that too, man. I got I got a dude who's going to be coming up on one of these next next episodes. I want to connect you to for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure man. All right, and we'll keep it going. Big up. All right, much respect. You know how we do. Oh wait, closing shout out to Universal Audio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and the homie Bryson. Um, I'm going to just veer way off topic right now. Here's the reality. You know, uh, Hip Hop Chess Federation is an org that is growing and thriving, and we are in the process of putting together a studio and Universal Audio, uh, with the help of my good man Bryson, came through and dropped off. Man, I mean, we got desktop console system, remote preamps. We got we got the 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 what's this here? Solo core, you know what I'm saying? Accelerator card, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going really down. If you're about having really dope sound, hey, what 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 do you think it is? Uh, 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 you feeling it, bro? What you digging? The, 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 you I'm know? feeling this right here, man. I, yeah. want, I actually want this right here. I don't even know what this is, but look, you can't bro. have it, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, I like Universal Audio though. I think they got good sound. I have a preamp in my crib that what 780, I think. 710. 710. It's the black one. It's kind of long. Oh, the 676. No, I don't have that. I don't have that. I definitely don't have that. You know what I'm saying? That's Bryson in the back. You know what I'm saying? So, Bryson, for those that aren't up on Universal Audio, can you quickly break down? Um, because this, this company is no joke, and, and, and what you guys create is no joke. So for people that are into, into music quality and, and making sure that what they record has, has high-end clarity, break it down. Yeah, I think uh, Universal Audio has a perfect balance of the past, present, and future. Uh, it was founded uh, in the early 60s by Bill Putnam, who's uh, considered the father of modern-day recording. Uh, he was the engineer at the time for uh, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, Nat King Cole, Frank Sinatra, you know, so he worked with a lot of the best. So as a result, he wanted to uh, produce the best gear for him, you know, to capture him authentically. So uh, he did the 610 preamp, uh, which is still used on a lot of recordings today. And then the uh, company got refounded in 1999 by his son, uh, Bill Putnam.
Beckham Jr. Uh, so basically, he did authentic recreations of that gear, and then also they just took it to a whole nother level uh, when they did uh, digital emulations of that gear in the form of uh, audio plugins. So a lot of you cats using Pro Tools or Studio One, Logic Cubase, or whatever, you have access to uh, authentic recreations of this gear so uh basically from then on man it's just been a good streak of a lot of wins and uh you know it's all good man just looking forward to what the future brings and glad that uh we could go ahead and just build with you guys man so yeah i really appreciate that because um we have a lot of kids who 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 want to be artists who, who you know we teach voiceover work here and stuff like that and this is the kind of equipment that we need not just for music but for voiceover work for 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 anything and so you know it means a lot to me when uh real brands that that make a real difference and a real dent in 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 the music space and in the technology space donate to hip hop chess federation so thank you very much and uh that's how oh so if somebody wants more information on universal audio equipment where should they go uh, they could go to uaudio.com or if they're in a relationship and their significant other watches love and hip hop all the time you'll see them in like every studio <laughs> <laughs> all right there it is peace it's the bishop chronicles 